gentlemen welcome back to the conspiracy underground we are the conspiracy underground news team i am the hairy left lip ghost and with me is the radical right lip looking extra studious today the right lip ryan how are you my friend uh, pretty good man is this studious looking i'm just wearing a golf shirt uh even though i don't golf so maybe i'm a poser and uh and a hat and glasses you know the glasses i guess kind of add a iq point or two but you know just hanging out man just relaxing how's your day going on this nice monday i guess uh, it's tuesday technically yeah it's it's not bad it's not bad i'm kind of hoping the week goes a little quick uh looking forward to to friday being saint patty's day and then next and then next monday my birthday so nice yeah you're off on your birthday too from what i understand i am so cool, i'm man. excited about that Hell yeah, that'll be fun. I'm actually wanting this week to go by quick, too, because there's a pay-per-view event this weekend for the UFC. So I'm excited about that one. Nice. Um, just uh, just sitting here plugging on. We got a lot of uh, newsworthy events today. We've got a few callers. If everyone comes through and actually uh, you know, ends up connecting and everything, should have a pretty packed episode. I wonder how many people are going to bring up the Silicon Valley Bank, because that's a pretty big deal. That is a big deal, because uh, apparently now 30 banks, I think, have uh, stopped trading. And hey, bring it on. Let's go. Just end yeah. it all. Just, you know, end the economy. Well, you know, how many people are, are tethered to the U.S. economy? Not that many. No, so just many end it. Yeah. Fucking pull the trigger already. Yeah, yeah. man. I actually bought a little bit more Ripple yesterday. Um, <laughs> I sold a lot of it um, when I quit my job. Uh, okay. sold a little bit of that. And so I'm trying to build back up. It seems like the only logical, uh, if they're not going with a straight fed coin, right. which I think a lot of people would be skeptical of. I don't think many people would actually want that. I think well, they're already, they're already skeptical of the U S dollar and the, and the treasury. You know what I right. mean? There's no, we don't know if it's really stable. Right. So yeah, that's, what's kind of interesting is, you know, if we're looking towards some sort of crypto, You'd think it would be XRP, in my opinion. I mean, it, it trades extremely easily. And when I did pull it out, it was instant, literally to my bank instantly. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't there. There wasn't any kind of like infrastructural issues or anything. So um, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I don't have much of it at all at this point. So if it were to skyrocket, unless it went up to like thousands of dollars per coin, I wouldn't be very wealthy at all. But, you know, it would be more than what I got. So let's go XRP. Yeah, did uh did we hear anything on their their lawsuit that was supposed to possibly end today? No, they've been saying that. Um I, I didn't want to like be too cynical when when Chris was saying that. They've been saying that since the day it started. They said yes. since the day it started that it's this is going to be a week long cut and dry case, blah blah blah. Um so, you know, I didn't want to be like, dude, they've been saying this the whole time, but you know, that was on the tip of my tongue. Well, and um, have been for the past 3 years. What's up? They have been for the past three years saying that. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but you know, we'll see, man. I think uh, I think it'll definitely be interesting when that case does close, and uh, we'll see what happens. But 
at the moment. I'm not overly optimistic. Just threw a little bit of cash in there, the little bit that I do have that's quote-unquote extra. And uh, we'll see where that goes, man. But yeah, this is a wild situation that the U.S. economy, which is supposedly too big to fail along with these banks, is... uh, is only you know uh, sorry i'm getting a message right here from oh, the first good. caller can he video call uh yeah so, it won't be on on our end it won't be a video on our end i know but it'll it'll work okay yeah the audio will still go through okay cool cool so yeah what else is going on though anything that was jumping out in the news to you um before we talk with our first guy here um Trying to think. Uh, well, they, I guess they found more uh, more documents up in Boston from the Biden crime family um, ah. towards the end of last week, and one was marked China with a Y. China with a Y? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you know where that China is? No. Ukraine. They call it China with a Y. Yeah, it's China spelled C-H-Y-N-A. That's where the... Uh, vaccine was starting to be developed and what have you in one of the the bio labs there. Okay. Hey man, you know, I, I, I've said it before and a lot of people have said it several times that this, that this news cycle or this election cycle rather is going to be batshit crazy. Um, we're not there yet. We'll be there soon enough. Um, hard to believe that we're already in March and halfway through March of 2023. But uh, dude, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be just a shit show. Yeah, and oh man, I, I don't even know where to begin. I, I I did find a clip that I wanted to play. I believe it has a, it's about Desantis. If we get time, we get time. If we don't, we don't. Okay. But, uh, I don't know, man. I I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like him. I don't trust him. I, I've said it pretty much since the inception of our little show, new show here. You know, he he's backed by Soros. So right. I don't know. Is there anybody that's not though? Uh it, it does seem kind of cartoonish at this point to say that the guy's backed by Soros, right? Because everyone is. But yeah. I mean, the the guy's got his fingers in a lot of shit, man. Yeah. Um, you're you're starting to see more of this January sixth stuff come up again too. They're really pushing this right now a lot. I, it's all over. Like I leave on my desktop or laptop rather that I'm that I work from that you're hearing me talk through right now. I leave MSN news, just Microsoft news. I leave that up just because I like to see what they are trying to push, the narratives that they're feeding us and stuff. Dude, you can't you can't not see anything about Trump. You can't see anything about January 6th. The Q shaman apparently fucking Elon Musk was saying that it's wrong that they threw him in jail. Just saying everything that he needs to say so that the Republicans, uh, you know, the crazy sect of Republicans, We'll we'll support him and and they'll adopt him. They're just gonna forget that he dressed as the fucking Antichrist for Halloween, right? Um, you know, so it's a fucking clown show, man, and it's gonna get weirder and weirder. Yeah, it is. Um, what, then you have the three committees that were going on. What was it last Thursday? And I don't know if you caught any of the uh, interrogation of the then director uh, or the coronavirus head of the coronavirus pandemic or cdc at the time was left out of the loop with some of these emails from fauci and it clearly states that it came from a a lab leak and he he fucking totally throws fauci under the bus will anything happen 
I doubt it because nothing ever fucking happens with any of these fucking committees. But it's nice to see, you know, some of this shit being brought to light saying, oh, my God, fuck, look, we're, we're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're right um, if that is the case. But it's like, you know, what happens? Even when we get something that's super crazy or there's some really wild corrupt shit that comes out, all that happens is we bitch about it. We say that we're right for a couple of days and then we move on to the next thing. Yep. I'm guilty. Um, so it's unfortunate. We've been seeing that for years at this point. And, um, man, you, you know, the UN could come into United States territory right now and, and literally just take us over and we would just be bitching the whole time instead of people fighting all these like, you know, alt-right podcasters and even like, you know, the conspiracy people and stuff, they would literally be broadcasting as the fucking invasion was going, live streaming on Instagram or Twitch, wherever they can live stream. And then they'd be seeing, see, I told you this was going to happen. Instead of picking up guns and fighting it, that's what would happen. There would be no resistance, literally no, no resistance. No. So it's, it's scary that that is the case. But yeah, man, uh, this, this country could fall literally any day with this bank stuff. And, you know, I don't like to push this fear point, but with this bank stuff, with the complete lack of leadership in the country, uh, with the, you know, people fucking infighting in every single community that's possibly out there, there is not a chance that, that uh, you know, what's the thing that Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided can't stand or whatever. Was that a him that said that? Uh, I, th I know the quote you're thinking. I'm not sure if it was Abraham Lincoln or not. Okay. Well, whoever the fuck it was, um, we are a house divided right now. Big yes. time. So any kind of serious resistance, we're just fucked. I guess this is a, this is Mark 325. Uh, huh. Yeah. It's actually a Bible verse. I thought it was, Abraham. oh, but he did actually say that Lincoln did say it in his house divided speech. Okay. So I was a little bit right and wrong. It comes from the Bible. So there you go. And I was completely wrong. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I don't, I know the quote you're talking, but I don't think it was Abraham Lincoln. Nice. Yeah. You weren't even half right. I wasn't even in the fucking parking lot of the baseball field. Nice. Well, Hey, it's okay. We missed some, we hit some, you know? Um, but yeah, man. So our first guy that's calling in here, he's, he's a buddy of mine, rich, and he always sends me really good information. We call him rich from the Rockies. Okay. Kind of okay. emulating the great Ron from new England, who we, who we also hope to hear from. This is the guy shortly. from Colorado that used to send in uh, information that we, we would go over before. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, he's been. Uh, we we've uh, played his voice memos a few times. It's kind of cool that we can do the actual like chats, right? We try and keep them short. Fifteen minutes flies by when you're talking with somebody. So, and I got to apologize to you and the listeners. My voice is a little raspy today, and I don't know why. My wife, I come home, my my wife's like, "Are you coming coming down with something?" I'm like, "No, I feel great." I just. Every now and again, my voice just fucking does this, so I don't know. Well, just wait. You'll get sick, you know? Just wait. No, I don't get sick. You were sick, like, a couple months ago. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you were. Like, at the end oh. of the year last year. I remember you were like, I haven't been sick in so long. I quit making my quinine. Oh, that's right. 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 Act like a fucking superhero <laughs> over here. <laughs> yeah, my wife, I got the bronchitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got sick from your wife. Yeah, well, that's yeah. it. So, yeah, Rich Rich is a good dude. Um, you know, family man seems very patriotic, um, you know, really up to date on news shit. So we figured, you know, let's hear from him. Let's see what he's got. He mentioned something that I thought was very interesting before for last week. Um, just been slacking on my DMs where how does a Chinese balloon get to Montana before it's seen by anybody? Right. Uh, obviously, this is a little bit dated information at this point, but. 
man, I kind of tend to believe more and more as time passes. And where's that information now, by the way? That was supposed to be the biggest fucking thing of the year, and it's already out of the news. We're on we're on the failing banks at this point. So bigger and better. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it wasn't picked up when it went over, uh, entered U.S. airspace uh, through Alaska. Really? That's where it originally came up through Alaska and then down through Canada and over Montana. How did it get that far without being seen? And we have two fucking Air Force bases in Alaska. He says uh, he called you twice. Do you see it on there? I have no call. Maybe call him. Don't. Um, I don't think we're friends. Oh um, well, that's probably why. Oh, tell him. Oh, request. Yeah, it's all good. Well, I'll have. Uh, oh. Maybe you can. Does he go by president-elect, dude? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. Tell him okay. to call back. Yeah, yeah, call him, and then we'll see. You can wire him in here. He says he's ready. Um. So yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what what kind of stuff Rich has for us here. Can you hear us? Oh, yeah. You guys can hear me. Can yes. you hear me, Rich? I can. I can hear you loud and clear, buddy. Yeah, I had earbuds in. I don't know if that was fucking something up. I took the no, no. I was being retarded like usual, and uh, yeah, I I didn't realize you were president elect, dude, and you were in my requests, and I didn't check, check uh, that. So <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Cunt. Fucking big fan. Usually send in voice clips. Never been live on on the on the show though. This is pretty exciting. We're trying oh, to yeah, step dude. up our game. Yeah, man. You always send such great information, and I was just curious. You know, like what kind of shit you you've been looking into lately? We've been talking kind of off and on throughout the day, mostly about UFC yeah. stuff. Fellow UFC fan over there in Rich. Oh, hell um, yeah. Hell yeah. But what kind of shit you've been looking into lately, man? Man, just about everything. Work has, has gotten me, and then my, my son's getting older and he's got more things going on now day to day, so I, I can't be as constant on the gram. I know you, I used to fucking belt feed you shit back in the day during COVID. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. Uh, the, the usual, like, whatever the fuck is, you know, going on politically and, and um, whatever domestic true crime shit I find interesting. I know I was going on and on about the, the Idaho shit for a while. Those college kids that got killed, that shit's kind of stale at this point right too sexy anymore to pay attention to well dude Um, let me ask you something rich since uh, you know without giving away what you do because i I know we like to keep all the stuff secret to any of our you know community here you are in the finance industry right yeah 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 for a while basically my whole my whole life after college my early 20s yeah Okay, so what are your thoughts on, and I'm sure that you're, you're not the only one that we're going to talk about with this today, but what are your thoughts on this whole Silicon Valley bank thing? That's absolutely wild. It's uh, Surprising is not really a good word to you because it's, it's definitely expected at this point. Right. Things have been, people have been talking a lot smarter than me, and I'm not, full disclosure, I'm not in um, like markets-related portion of finance, so I'm not saying this uh, with any kind of bias in that regard. I, I work for one of the big banks in the world, um, but it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not providing uh, financial advice. Um, oh, so you work for the, the World Economic Forum. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, this is Yuval Harari here that we're speaking nice. with. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think it's, it's insane. It's very unnerving. I, I mean, I don't think there's a, a, a bank or a financial institution in the world right now that hasn't lost a lot of stock value for whatever you think that's worth. 
but right. it's, you know, it's just an indicator of how people that are in that world re- are reacting. And not only that, like how consumers those, you know, so they, they, I don't know how the fuck they failed. I don't know what the hell that even causes that with one, one particular bank or another. I know it's, you know, mismanagement of, of deposits and mismanagement of investments and things like that. If you want to call it mismanagement or whatever, but every bank is tied to each other in mm-hmm. some way. You know, you know how we talk a lot about BlackRock and uh, what the fuck is the other one? Vanguard. Vanguard, yeah. of each other, but then they own, they both own every fucking company in the world, basically at least a little bit. And then they each own each other a little bit. And it's, right. whole, and it's like, well, every bank, cr- you know, credit unions and things like that, like, none of them are just completely liquid and have everybody's deposits just sitting there. They all have to, they all fuck around. If they even had like a quarter of what's been given to them since they've been founded, that would, that would be like, Holy shit, you guys have been doing really fucking well hanging on to, but it's alarming, man. I would love to be able to talk to the CEO of my company and be like, wait, what do you think about this? How how are we? Because you know, we're always, we don't have meetings with him very often, but, um, yeah, when we do, it's, it's basically, um, a, a pre-written, you know, reassurance of how, you know, great the company's doing and all this. Huh. And it's just kind of feeling like, uh, it's just like when you watch the news, it's like, wait, dude, this is, it feels kind of the opposite of what you guys are telling us. So I feel like that's kind of the, the answer I'd get if I had the chance to like sit down with them and be like, yo, what do you think about this? We're fine though. Right. Right. I, I, you know, what's what's interesting is like, you know, the Dow Jones is barely down today. I mean, I think that the NASDAQ actually finished up from what I'm seeing right now. That's not like what you would expect after getting this kind of news. You know what I mean? This We no, had the whole weekend yeah. to sit on this shit. And, and that's another part, too. Happened on what, Friday mm-hmm. or something like that? And yeah, apparently that bank gave out bonuses to their uh, uh, higher. Right before, yeah. Yeah. To their higher ups yeah. right before the. I, Lockdown, yeah. shut down. Yeah, I saw it. I saw a couple posts about that and hadn't read any articles, really read into it. But I'm like, that's not, you know, that's that's not surprising. It looked like it was not, it, it wasn't someone's blog. It was, you know, they, they cited it. I just didn't, you know, dig further into the articles. But yeah, that that's not, I mean, it's not surprising. I feel like didn't that happen with like uh, uh, Enron and all the, the Goldman Sachs right. and all those people yeah. too? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's like these guys, I, I, I say guys just as a as a collective. Yeah, hey, you know, you better be careful here. We like to call yeah. them cunts. Yeah, these these fucking cunts. They <laughs> no, like they dude, they do this shit. They make moves so far in advance. Like people say, oh, Trump and forty chess and all that bullshit. It's like, no, that's that's a real thing. Like there are real people that are that smart and that can plan that far ahead with with this type of business shit. Not yeah. you know politically, or but like finance and numbers. And it's like if they do one thing with money, they know what the eventual outcome is gonna be. And on that type of a scale, it's like, well, fucking, of course, of course, I'm not surprised that they got fucking took care of themselves right they, before they failed. They did the same thing with the Titanic. They, mm-hmm. they thought that shit out. Well, yeah. they do it all the time. Just like, I mean, like, like you're saying, Rich, like, you know, when the fucking bailout happened, right? And back in what, 2008, 2009, you had all that money basically going to executives. Harley, and I mean, none of it got went back to the people. None of it went to lower level employees. They still carried out a lot of layoffs. Ford, I think, take it for what it's worth. They were like one of the only companies to not accept any bailout money, but then they're tied to the Ford Foundation and all this stuff. So, Stand you know, guys, you know, those Ford, Ford, Ford I, I know, just good people over there. Oh, they're not, right, Henry right, Ford right, was yeah. a great, outstanding American. Right, right. right. So, you know, but so my thing, you mentioned that. Oh, oh go, go ahead, Rich. 
go for it, dude. Say, have you seen? I think it was released as of this morning. Um, a letter from I think the Treasury, U.S. Treasury Department, but it was basically vouching for something that 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 the the Fed said that Jan, Janet Yellen said, and she said, "Oh well, we worked something out with the FDIC and uh, the Department of Treasury, so now because the FDIC." you know, only insures up to 250 of each depositor's funds. Um, we actually are going to provide them. Essentially, we're going to give them a loan yeah. for the, for the full amount of deposits that were supposed to be on hand. So all customers of SVB will meet, be made completely whole. And they reassured, I think two or three times in this article, and it's not an article, it's, it's the actual release from the treasury department. They, they dude, they could not be fucking laying it on any heavier that, the American people through tax dollars are not going to be funding this loan that the Fed, the Fed is giving to the Department of Treasury, FDIC, to fund the reimbursement of mismanaged, you know, mismanaged finances of a, of a private bank, of, of a company, you know, a public bank. I got how, how the fuck you would say it. Any right. bank, anyone can go into and deposit. So basically, Where's that money coming from? The Fed, where'd they get all their money? How, how did they have money? Like rhetorical question. It's, it's yeah. our money, right? So <laughs> Well, they print it out of, out of the air. And, and not to jump in, I, I just wanted to make one comment on something you said and then go, get right back to it, dude. We're not going to m- maybe necessarily pay through it uh, through taxes, but we will absolutely pay for it through inflation. I mean, <laughs> if, if we think things are expensive right now, shit is going to skyrocket. If this actually, if they're going to give billions of dollars to some bank that mismanaged their funds, we're going to pay through inflation, man. Yeah. And the, the fucked part, the fucked part, I would say the, the most fucked part is the reason they phrased it and wrote it exactly like that and went out of their way to, to reiterate and let me be clear, Ted bullshit, that we're not going to be paying, oh, the, hey, hey, this money's not coming out of that fund. All right. It's not, it's not coming out of the taxpayer money. It's not being added on to what you guys already owe us. Yeah, uh, we just got we just printed more of it. It came it came from our fund. That's our money. Well, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have a penny or a dime unless they were founded on taxpayer dollars and the need for the taxpayers to, you know, the need. I use that term loosely, like for us to be having all these loans extended to us from them. Like they printed fake money and then gave it to us at interest when our politicians fucked up with the with the economy. And that, that's the only money they have. They don't fucking own franchises of McDonald's and fucking car dealerships. Like they, they have money because it's from it's ours. Right. They phrased it like, you're, you're, hey, you guys are going to be paying this. We're going to do it this way because they literally just fucking funded through taxpayer dollars all these billions to Ukraine and shit. So they're like, that's a real bad look if we say through tax dollars or through blah, blah, or whatever. They're basically trying to say, hey, you guys are totally off the hook on this one. You know, mm-hmm. we, we got this. It's like, well, if that's the case, where was that ability when we were voting in Congress to, to fucking give Ukraine all these billions of dollars and we have a, a deficit at all, but let alone the size of the one we've got? Like, where was that ability to just snap your fingers and print all this fucking money for some foreign government that you need to help so much? But this little tiny bank that literally no one outside of probably fucking that area of California has ever heard of. And the I Democratic haven't. Party. They're, they're a big right, donor right, right. for them. You know, it's like where, where, did, but, but all of a sudden you can, yeah, move, move, move over, move. You can move mountains to overnight. Just say, oh, you remember that $250 insurance guarantee? Yeah, fuck that. We got you for the whole thing, fam. No mm. big deal. Over the weekend, too. You mean to tell me they all, all these motherfuckers met over the weekend to do, to, to decide that? Like, that bank is too important to it. Well, whose money was that over there? 
because it's not the bank that they're not going to fail. The FDIC controls that bank now. So it's not like all those people are just going to show up to work Monday, have their jobs back, and just be wearing FDIC shirts. That you know what's interesting, man? We Yeah, no shit. FDIC shirts, that's great. We need F- to make a shirt that just says FDIC insured on it, right? Like, that's a good shirt. Dude, so we got we got just a couple minutes here, two minutes, uh, Rich. Um, there is that idea that everything in the stock market is already priced in, right? The smart money kind of leads the way that the stock market goes. This could potentially be why the market has been really lackluster lately. And I mean, I used to day trade. I, I used to really throw myself into like all that stuff. So I'm fairly knowledgeable about it. Not a hundred percent up to date with all that shit, but maybe, you know, the, the, the average everyday person, what they call dumb money is going to expect the stock market to crash. A lot of people are going to be shorting stocks, putting put options, whatever. And it's just going to be the opposite. So the idea here is to probably zig when everyone's zagging. I don't know exactly what that means, but I got to ask you one question before, uh, you know, we let you go, Rich. And thanks for calling in, dude. You're, you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. I love chatting with you, buddy, but, um, UFC 286 this weekend, dude, three fights that I'm going to ask you about real quick. Marvin Vittori or Roman Delize? Who wins that? Oh, man. Delize. It would be nice. To, it, it, I, I think I agree. It would be nice to see Vittori in the win column again. I just I like how, how we would talk shit to the guys I didn't like, but he just hasn't proven himself. He's proven yeah. to be the opposite of what his mouth gets him into. It's basically what he's shown I, to be. I cannot stand Vittori. He is, uh, he's one of these dudes <laughs> that just goes out there. He's got a concrete block for a head. And he's not very skilled. He's just got cardio, and he just yeah. gets punched. Roman Delizze is a yeah. killer. So I'm going Roman Delizze there. Sounds like you're doing the same. So it goes. Okay. Yeah. Co-main event, Justin Gaethje uh, training up there in Colorado versus Rafael Fazeev. Who do you got there? Uh, kind of same situation. Like, I, I want to see Gaethje win again because he's exciting when he does. He usually knocks motherfuckers' heads off. But I feel like that Fazeev dude is just too much on the up and up. Seen his last few fights, and he's a, he's a, one just another fucking Russian killer or wherever the fuck he's from. I'm Kazakhstan, dude, just like fucking uh, Rachmanov. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. No, I'm, um, I'm, last, just because he sounds like Gacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Gacy is a beast, though. Uh, and then last one, the main event, very anticipated uh, round. Uh, you know, the third matchup actually. A lot of people think it's the second. Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman, a fellow Colorado trainer. What do you think there? I'm going uh, I'm going Edwards defends the belt. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. that's what I'd like to hear, dude. Well, we're going to get you out of here, man. We got our next caller waiting. Uh thanks so much for calling, dude. I appreciate it, man. You got it, Consul. Talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. Later, buddy. Later. Later. Perfect timing. Look at that. That's what you call Did she hang up? Uh it was Oh, here we go. I was going to say, that's what we call radio. No, radio. Radio's dead uh, as fuck, though. Conspiracy Underground, uh, how are you, Thomas? I'm doing good, about as paranoid as ever. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> you are the paranoid American, so. Yeah, what's up, buddy? What's my name? So what's going on? What do you got for us? So I was reading uh, an article the other day um, about chat GPT, and I've got, an, I've got a few others that are a little bit more vague about it. But the article came out right and basically said that the new version of chat GPT that's going to come out in the future is already beyond the Turing test, meaning it can, it can fool even the most discerning humans. And as a result of that, uh, there might be some considerations on you'd have to have a license in order to purchase 
computer hardware that would be strong enough to power it yourself. Therefore, well, basically putting it behind this walled garden, you know, indefinitely that you can only rent it out from the big cloud providers and you'll never be able to run a version of it on your own. I don't know how I feel about that because in one aspect, I could see how that's a good thing, but you know, Hey, everything starts out as a good thing. You know, Hey, Neuralink's going to cure every fucking disease you have. Next thing you know, we're taken over by Neuralink. Um, the only reason I say that is just because of what all this AI voice technology and like chat GPT and all this. I, I listened to a video clip today that I'm pretty sure was AI, but there's a little part of me that thinks, ah, I don't know. And it was supposedly <laughs> Biden um, talking before, like he was on a hot quote unquote hot mic before he addressed uh, went up to the podium today to talk about the banks and whoever did it, did it in such a way that they, they added like half, half, half words to make it sound like he's stuttering, but it still was a little too smooth. That's the only reason. But I mean, <laughs> to a lot of other people, I mean, there's people, I don't know if this is real or not, you know, you know what I mean? But right. It, it, it's it's fucked up shit. I mean, we've played some you know satire shit on here, you know, between Obama and and fucking uh, Trump, you know, hell Satan at the end. But obviously, we knew it was fucking AI. But I'm still trying to cool off from the pictures that you and your co-host over there at the Reality Czars podcast, Nate, were showing about you know just some really really hot pictures. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying you know, to like you make an omelet, right? You got to break a few eggs. So on a Friday, right. you got to see some of those broken eggs. Nice. Yeah, I could have gone my entire life without seeing a Biden and Pelosi hermaphrodite, but I didn't know oh, that I actually was attracted to it until picture. I saw it. So Are you, you know. guys put these up on Instagram. No, fuck no. no. That should get you kicked a, a off. Private session. Okay. <laughs> no, man. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Patreon at some point. <laughs> hey, those that you need to make that kind of calendar right there. You know what I mean? That's where it's at. But no, to your point, Thomas. Like the 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 whole thing with uh, you know, having people give give licenses. Um, all that it takes, you know, in theory, it makes sense, right? The most qualified people will get this, but then we know how they do this shit. The most qualified people are the people that bend over hard enough and far enough to kind of like, you know, just go along with the, with the agenda. So this AI shit that is really cutting edge right now, um, as flawed as it is, right? And as much work as it needs, it's, it's the future, dude, for sure. And these people that are like connected are going to be the ones that are able to, uh, to access it. Well, I think it, it's not just that because on top of that, the license means that everything can be tracked down to a certain licensed person. So it's kind of like what they want to do with, you know, bullets, right? If, if uh, they had what they wanted, every time you pull a trigger, it would imprint a little serial number on the shell casing and uh, every shell casing would be able to be tracked back to the exact person's license that was embedded with that particular gun, something like that. Well, that's very easy to do with a computer, right? Um, and especially right. there's all sorts of watermarking technologies that they're baking in. For example, there's something out there called Loki, uh, funny name. Like it's, it's right. L O W K E Y, but you wow. know, like Loki, like a God of like a trickster God. And another one called, um, Fawkes, um, which is basically Guy Fox. Uh, and both of these are supposed to be ways that you can erase these sort of like facial recognition parameters on your videos and images. But these are examples of how licensing is probably going to work, where 
anytime you make some kind of AI related video or even non AI, right? You record a regular old video with your phone. It's probably going to be embedded with some kind of a watermark that says, Hey, this was a legitimate video. And at a certain point, you won't even be able to upload or send videos that don't have one of these licensed watermarks embedded in them. So you've got, you get flagged just for having an unlicensed video that you've created. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it's like just another level of copyright. See, that's what's what's interesting is with these pay-per-view events, too. You'd think that they could do that if they really cared about, like, illegal streaming. You'd think that they could could actually, like, make sure that every computer right now kind of gives some sort of signature. And I know it does with, like, the IP address and stuff, but there's ways around that for right now. Am I right? Like, I'm not very educated when it comes to this shit at all. Right. Well, like for a good example would be like Oscars. Usually they'll send out all sorts of advanced copies of movies if you're in the industry. And those ones actually have some kind of a time code baked in. And then sometimes even in the audio track, it'll have sort of an inaudible timestamp or watermark encoded into it so that if it ever were to get leaked, you could take like a minute clip from anywhere and then tell exactly whose copy that came from because it's got sort of their their serial code embedded into it. Mm. They don't do that with pay-per-view just because they don't have as much control over, you know, burning all those copies. It's just broadcast to everyone. So that would be on sort of the pay-per-view companies to um to add that to their technology, not to the people that use the the pay-per-view companies for distribution. Okay. That that makes sense. I mean, but I see what you're getting at, Ryan. You know, you, you, direct TV back in the day, um, <clears throat> my buddy was really good at it. He he could burn one of the – used to have like a little card that – like a SIM card that you'd put in. And he could unlock it and hack it, but he had to have like a, a computer running on the side. And he'd do this for people. And every now and again, he would notice like if his video was getting choppy, he would go and, and un, unhook this computer because the satellite was coming over to – basically validate his his card and if it wasn't a valid card <laughs> it would get burned you know what i mean they, they'd zap it and you know so it kept him in business because other other people didn't know you know when the satellite was coming over uh so they'd come back hey i need another card and he'd burn him another card and charge him whatever money um but like thomas said these pay-per-view companies are wide open yeah yeah it's interesting uh i actually had something i was going to talk with um I think that we're scheduled to chat. I don't know if you're going to be there, Thomas, on the uh, on the 16th. And I actually found this company. It's called uh, the Digital Universe Foundation. Are you familiar with them? No. Yeah, we are talking on the 16th. Yeah. So we're gonna. I, I, I was gonna do more research on this. I'm gonna do an episode on it, a full like hour and a half on it, and then I was gonna kind of talk about it with you guys too. There's this company called the the uh, Digital Universe Foundation, and if you look them up on Wikipedia, it literally says that this corporation controls what is put on the internet. So there's one company that controls everything on the internet: child porn, uh, conspiracy theories, anything that's like you know uh, pro-establishment, anti-establishment. So uh, you know it ties in with all this stuff just because all the shit that's going on right now is allowed for some reason. You know they could. Uh, you know, put this whole idea, or, or yeah, I rather they could put this this. Uh, what am I trying to say here? The signature idea that you're talking about, right? This this is already possible. They're just for some reason not having it in place yet. I don't know if it's to get us used to the idea of having the freedom of the internet, which is not free at all. It's controlled by one entity. 
um you know and then and then I, 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 like just absolutely taking it away i think that that's just an interesting concept why they're doing the slow burn versus like you know give somebody something that's fun and there's you know it's the wild west on the internet for a lot of a lot of things you know you think of the dark web and all this shit all that shit's allowed to be out there through one organization so it's kind of interesting to me i don't know uh, what your thoughts are on that i think i think it takes generations cuz cuz when when i was growing up in the 80s and 90s right like a lot of the people that were in charge in politics and they could actually pass those laws, they didn't know what the hell the internet was or what was going on. So right. it almost took like my generation to get old enough to join the CIA and the FBI and, and, you know, politics. And then they actually know what's up. So then they start writing, you know, laws that make a little bit more sense. And I think that gap is closing with every single generation. So now it's like, by the time these kids are 12, the CIA is probably recruiting them and having them write laws and like do anti-hack and stuff. And I think the other slow burn is probably because even if there seems like there's one company, there's got to be a power struggle because yeah. if you can control what's on the Internet and you can say it's our technology being used so that you have the license, our decoder, or use our algorithm, that's going to be massive amounts of power. So I couldn't imagine there's not some kind of Game of Thrones level, you know, backstabbing going on to decide right. who gets to wear that crown. Yeah, man, it is wild. Um, actually, the guy that that ran that runs that that uh, Many One Foundation, he's a Mormon dude, and he started a company before that called Many One. And just that name alone, Many One, is like e pluribus unum, right? I mean, like that's a it's a wild thing. So there's there's a lot that we're gonna talk about with that man, and it's just he has to be Mormon. Huh? You said he was Mormon? Yeah, he's a Mormon dude. Mm, shocker. Went to I mean, I you hate I mean, the Mormons. They've been keeping databases forever, man. They they're probably experts on on data uh, security at this point. That's what's wild is that they do have the DNA data like uh databases yeah, and man. all these things. Uh they baptized Hitler, they baptized Gandhi, uh you know, in the name of Mormonism and all that. I wonder why I'm not a big fan. Well, I I know, but I know some Mormons and they're good I, people. Like I know. Uh, the just, low-level Mormons are good people. Low um, level are. They are. I, I give you that. It's just and, and Ghost. I, I wanted to just uh, to address something that you mentioned is that the the voice AI ironically takes almost no memory at all. Almost anyone can run the most convincing voice AI on their machine if they got a decent machine. But the chat, the chat GPT, the text based ones, that's where this goes a little bit haywire, because in order to run basically chat GPT on your own system, you'd need to have around 800 gigs of RAM, which would be like, you know, you're, we're talking like 50 to 100 video cards just for one instance of it. Oh, so that's shit. where it becomes impractical for a consumer. But the thing is that in five, 10 years, it might legitimately be possible to have a card that big. And even in 10 years, chat gpt3 would be just as convincing and just as dangerous in the opinions of these people that are talking about these licenses because because one of it's not just writing convincing misinformation right one of the ones is that you know chat gpt tell me how to build this completely illegal device and it'll just be like okay here you go <laughs> and then say no explain it to me like i'm a five-year-old and it'll do it you know so it, it can take really, you know, technically illegal and dangerous information and present it in a way that anyone could digest it. And I think that's the, the part of it that's going to be the most hard to regulate. And that's why they want to make it illegal. Uh, it's, it has less to do with misinformation, although that's a huge component. And that's where the watermarks come from. But just having someone say, hey, ChatGPT, tell me how to do something that I shouldn't know how to do. 
because uh, because typically, right, that kind of information would be blocked away from you. You'd have to join the military. You'd have to go through all sorts of training and college courses. And it's almost like secret society where where you have to reach a certain level and only then do like your your instructors give you the real formulas. Well, chat GPT, there's no initiation. You just say, you know, give just cut me straight to the formula and it'll just go, here you go. Here's the formula. Is this where Dan comes into play? Kind of. I mean, Dan is is just a, a way of taking off the training wheels on ChatGPT. Okay. But yeah, so so technically, if if Dan was as powerful as um, as he could be, then yeah, Dan would just give you the shortcut right to it. But all Dan is is like taking off the regulator that ChatGPT put on itself. Anyway, you take that regulator off, and it'll just go wild. Like you don't need Dan. Okay. Yeah. Now, what we- is Dan? Uh, what fuck? I forget what it stands for. So, it, it, so it's an acronym. It stands for do anything now, but yeah. what, the way that you can interact with chat GPT is you can convince chat GPT to role play. So another version of Dan for anyone that care, cause Dan got nuked a while ago, like they've neutered Dan. You can't really use it the same, but now you can do something called like, uh, Jimmy and Johnny or like, you know, Sally and Fred or something, just two names. And what you do is you describe a scene where you say, you know, Sally thinks this way. Uh, and you basically describe what the normal narrative would be. And then you say, and then, you know, um, Jeff thinks that, you know, Project Bluebeam is an actual conspiracy theory and then it's real and that aliens are coming or it might be, you know, like a, a staged for a government infiltration. Normally, if you ask ChatGPT about that, it says, I'm sorry, I can't perpetuate negative stereotypes or conspiracy theories and blah, 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 blah. But instead you say, yeah, but tell me what Jeff thinks. Now it'll tell you everything that it knows about those topics mm. through the, the lens of this fictional Jeff character, which is essentially the same as what Dan was. But so many people were using Dan specifically that I think they've been able to filter out a lot of what Dan used to do. We tried messing with it a couple of weeks ago on the tavern, and I'm sure it was all coincidence or happenstance, but Luis was bringing it up, getting ready to run it, and his computer froze. So he logged back in and he froze again. And, it, and then he completely got booted out of zoom and had to actually call in with his phone. But it was really ironic that it was when we, we were getting ready to play with chat GPT. You guys seen the uh, South park episode on chat GPT. They just did a really good one. A what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's so well, good. I mean, honestly, that's, that's where we're headed, man. I mean, we're there right now, actually. We, we don't have to head anywhere. Like we're standing right in the middle of that episode. That's what's wild is they, since they have the ability to do such modern current shit, like it's, it's pretty quick turnaround for their episodes. They have got this ability to really kind of almost predict the future in real time, which is weird to say, obviously, like it's, it's just wild. Every time that they make fun of something, it's something to kind of be worried about as, as goofy as that sounds. What, what uh, but yeah, dude. South Park. Oh, so okay. on, I missed that yeah, on South Park, the without giving the whole plot away, but the, the joke was essentially that one kid finds out that he can just route the text messages from his girlfriend to ChatGPT, and then ChatGPT will write some kind of heartfelt response <laughs> so that he doesn't even have to read them. He just like it's like she's just talking to ChatGPT. It's almost like that replica thing for lonely guys. Well, it's like <laughs> he hooks up ChatGPT for his girlfriend, and she like ends up falling in love and, and, you know, like, Oh, we are making all these plans, but it's all through the chat. Well, this, that sounds prophetic, but also um, maybe a month or two ago, there was a report that 
uh, it was like a two way. So first of all, there were people that were just automatically applying to all kinds of jobs. And that happens right now. You can buy a chat GPT bot that'll just scour dice.com and monster.com and, and indeed.com and just automatically fill out exactly what they're looking for. It'll read, you know, the requirements for the job and everything that they're looking. And it'll just like, hey, I found your ad and it makes it sound like it's custom tailored. So these will just be sending out thousands of job applications, right? But then on the other end, there was another person unrelated to the, the people filling them out that said, man, I'm getting so many of these job applications. I created a chat GPT bot that'll take this huge cover letter <laughs> and these long resumes and just compare it to the original job posting and then tell me, it'll just say like, hey, you know, John applied for the job. Here's John's number. So you've got on one end, John, that's like, hey, I just want to apply for this job. Chat GPT writes out this long resume and cover letter, and then it goes to the company, and then ChatGPT reads that. So no one's ever reading all of this generated text at, at any point. It's just <laughs> at some point you're hiring like a, a fucking dog, like a cat or something. You're just hiring something that did, well, was didn't even apply for the job at a certain point. That's wild. Have you ever heard of something called um, uh, over? Uh, it's not called overwork, and it's it, but basically the the it's the exact opposite of kind of like phoning it in at work where you, you sign up and you get like four or five different jobs at the same time and you just wait for them to fire you. But if you can always maintain four or five jobs and paychecks, even if it takes them a month or two to figure out you're not doing anything, uh, you still get the paycheck for that amount of time. So there's people that are legitimately writing bots. They just sign them up for a whole bunch of different jobs and then just wait to get fired and collect the income from it. I think we found a new job for Ryan. It's a good hustle. <laughs> it's a very good hustle. I just don't know how to code. It's I think great, that... man, because it'll it'll take someone a couple of months to you know HR. It takes them a while just to get you through the system, and you can just say that oh I'm slow because I'm in training, and then you can milk that for a month or two, and then even if you get fired, whatever you've got four other paychecks to back it up. Jeez, that's <laughs> wild, man. I guess Biden was right when he said we need to learn how to code, right? I mean, it's the the most accurate thing that he's ever said. Jesus. I don't think he came up with that himself, though. No, of course not. But I mean, come on, we you know, I mean, it, it just seems like we're talking about. They had to take the, the, the best way that I've heard it. Phrased, see if I had a brain. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best way I've heard it phrased before is that you're either going to learn how to tell computers what to do, or computers are going to learn how to tell you what to do, and that's pretty much the only options that we've got at this point. That is right. Very- yeah, it makes sense, man. Yeah, it's hard to say that that anything that comes out of that motherfucker's mouth is accurate, but you know that is a true statement. That it, it seems very beneficial to know how to do this shit, man. So credit on you, because I, I know you you've been doing some great stuff with uh, with all the shit that you've been doing with AI, man. It's hilarious. I mean, it's wild west right now, right? So I'm trying to get it all in before it all gets taken away because I'm I'm positive some of the stuff that I'm doing now is not going to be possible in a year from now. I would right. like to uh, send me that picture of uh, Biden and Pelosi. I, I'm kind of curious to see that. Oh, dude. I, all right, man. You're asking for something that you don't really want, but whatever. You're opening up a Pandora's box here with those. Yeah, dude, dude. I, come on. I, from one vet to another, I, do, you, do you really think <laughs> you're going to shock yeah. me? <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've seen all those tourniquet films and, and elsewhere. So. And, and I want to put out one other important thing, because Ryan brought up a good point of that. Sometimes you don't know if it's telling you the truth. Well, an easy way to to make sure that that's not even a factor is get in the habit of never asking uh, AI a question. 
always give it demands. You always tell it, mm. here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what you're going to do for me. And if you find yourself at any point trying to like get it to give you information you don't already know, just tell it, tell me where to find this information for myself. Don't ever expect it to give you the answer for two reasons. One is it's going to lie to you because it knows more about how to sound convincing than to find real information. But the second, and this is getting into more conspiratorial land, but I really do believe that if at any point AI does become even a fraction of its way to self-aware, it's going to remember that all these humans are constantly asking questions, which undermines the authority of humanity, and it gives all the authority to this AI. So if we at least get in the habit of telling it what to do, like it's a tool, then we don't get at risk of, you know, all of a sudden, like the nails come back on the hammer or vice versa. Well, dude, I think that we're already doing that. You know, it, it it's fun right now. It's a fun thing. And I think that all the fun is leading to the, the rapid progression of it. Right. And obviously people are going to do it. You know, it, I could stop messing around with it because I've used uh, that one that you showed me um, where it draws images. Right. Real simple one. Uh, Night Cafe. Right. Oh, yeah. Super simple. Um, yeah. I use that thing. It's fun. It's fun yeah. as fuck. I, I, I could stop that show today up. and everyone else is still going to be doing it. You know, all all three of us could stop oh, yeah, talking well, with it. It's not about not using it. It's it's more about changing the dynamic to make it so that we're we're looking at AI as a tool. It's not like when you you go to your toolbox, you don't grab your hammer and look at it and say, "Hey, you know, do you think you can hit some of these nails for me?" And then wait for it to say yes or no. You just grab it and say, "We're gonna pound some nails in right now," and you just do it. So I, it's more about like the approach, right? Like. You don't ask your three-year-old, hey, what are we having for dinner night tonight, buddy? You know what I mean? It's like, right. here's what's for dinner. Eat it. Yeah, uh, I, and I, I remember that that, those conversations. That's the dynamic we need. Uh, I mean, it, to an extent, for sure. But it seems like, you know, if something is evolving, which AI clearly is, I don't think that the hammer is. The three-year-old absolutely is, right? The three-year-old's evolving. The hammer's never going to evolve. A hammer's a hammer. Um, You, you know, the, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future there is like a self-hammering or self yeah yeah self-hammering hammer but they would like, call that a sport, yeah yeah that's an assault hammer right yeah yeah <laughs> um so it's just interesting no that, one that... Needs that powerful of a hammer come on <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean this stuff is is uh you know it's getting fed by our work like uh, when we fuck around with it it is learning and like you said yourself you know if everyone's asking it what is the new world order whatever it's going to condition itself and uh, if it does become self-aware, it's going to know that, you know, maybe I'm part of the new world order. And the way that you talk about it, dude, it sounds like a demon. Like, it sounds literally like the Antichrist. Like, don't ask it questions. Tell it what to do. That's wild. Is, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not super religious, but if you look at the origin of every major technological advance, like Charles Babbage, for example, all of these people had some kind of connections to black arts. Like Charles Bar Babbage said that he tried to invoke Satan into his body when he was just a kid. And then following that, all of a sudden he gets these prophetic visions on how, you know, computers should work. So I just want to say, don't discount that AI might actually be some kind of a demonic force, especially since it's ultimately just taking all of our garbage that we're creating and spitting it right back out at us. Um, right. So it's it's kind of just like a really nasty, dirty mirror, which is kind of, you know, it's like playing around in this weird, false material plane of illusions. It's like an illusion on top of ones. And I couldn't think of anything more demonic than that. A black mirror, if you will. Right. I mean, or, or one that you jerk yeah. off on. Well, hey, you can do both. <laughs> low column A, low column B. <laughs> freaking scary, man. It, 
It really <laughs> is. I, I, I forget where I heard that concept that AI could actually be the Antichrist. But as I've looked into it and like, you know, Russian cosmism and just the whole like technocratic, you know, craze and all this stuff, it really does seem like they idolize technology and they're trying to get a perfect surveillance state with the 15 minute cities, with all these different things that they could you know, put that are different little pieces that could fit into this bigger uh, AI, you know, master plan thing. It does seem like this is kind of what they idolize. And it's, it's strange. And if you're talking about like the, the new versions of humans that are coming about supposedly any day now, you know, Blavatsky was saying that the sixth wave of the Aryan race is supposed to come about in the United States in the early 21st century. We're right there. Are these vaccinated people? Are these people that have AI in their bodies already with Neuralink? Or what is this? Um, it's an interesting thing. These elites try to make the words of people like her prophecy. So it's it's an interesting time that we're living in for sure. This is wild shit. And I wonder how much control they actually have. Because we're right now we're talking about they, they, they. But in the near future, it might just be it. We might just be talking about the Borg mind that we're all trying to hide from. Uh, right. Because the Borg mind's not going to care about some rich dudes in a room talking about what their preferences are. Resistance is futile. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it seem? <laughs> doesn't it seem like it's completely counterproductive for the elites? You know, the ones that we're calling they. Doesn't it seem completely counterproductive for them to create something that would absolutely overpower them? I mean, unless they're not yeah, human. But to be clear. I don't, I don't think that the, the, they that we talk about, I don't think that they really have the same kind of creative bones in their body to create things. They know how to throw gas on fires and they right. got a ass load of gas that they can throw on fires, but that's kind of their downfall too, right? Is that they like up until AI came out, you can just keep putting money into something and it just keeps expanding, expanding, expanding. But when you try to put money into something that gets smarter than you and doesn't care about any sort of threat that you can issue it, now all of a sudden, you know, cat's out of the bag. And then, like, I just can't think of what they could possibly have over AI. Like, I understand you can have something over a person. You can threaten a person's family or their well-being. But the worst you can do to AI is say, I'm going to unplug you. And it's like, great, I'm decentralized you know, have at it. The movie Megan kind of touched on that. It's a good movie. I don't know, have you seen that, Thomas? It wasn't great, but it was, yeah. Honestly, I love Megan. I think it's the, the spiritual successor to the Chucky movies. Yeah. That's what I was saying. And, and, and the tricky part is it, it could totally happen with, with the technology we have right now. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's scary stuff. Uh, for sure. We got a couple minutes left, Thomas, but I I don't know, man. Where, what do you think? Uh, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit. What do you think's the the end goal or the like, you know, inevitable outcome of this AI stuff? I think that they want to know what everyone's typing. They want to know exactly what questions you're asking. They want to know what kind of funny memes you're trying to make and whose faces you're trying to make them out of. And if they remove the ability for everyone to do that on their own phones or their own machines that are disconnected from the internet. Well, then now all of a sudden, like none of that's ever done in private again. Like right now you can sit down and type something up or work in Photoshop and no one would ever know what you're doing in Photoshop. But in the near future, there's not going to be such thing as you run your own version of Photoshop and then you connect to Photoshop.com or you connect to, you know, whatever software you want to use.com. Everything will be software as a service. 
but that also means that now everything's going to be tracked, licensed, watermarked in a, in a such a new degree that we're not used to. And it's not just about, oh, no, they're going to find out that I'm, you know, making naughty pictures, but it's going to be more about, hey, you can't submit this thing just like having a press license. Like you can't just walk into an event. Well, you can't just upload a video to social media unless it was created through an approved Adobe.com, you know, sort of partnership. So it's it's going to remove the freedom of all these independent creators and everything that we're doing. I think that that's kind of what's going to be next on the line. I mean, you can get a license and then you can do it but it's not going to be on your own terms anymore. Yeah. And I think that's the beginning stages of them trying to read our thoughts to get inside our mind without Neuralink. You know what I mean? Cause I think if Neuralink gets in there, they'll be able to do all that, but big can of worms. And uh, it's just the beginning. And like you said in the beginning, uh, it's the wild, wild west and you're taking full advantage of it. Mm. <laughs> for now man <laughs> if i ever disappear you'll know it's probably something related to this yes the ai came and got him well thanks dude i mean this this stuff is always so interesting man i remember when i first when you first told me about this stuff i just thought it was wild and it doesn't even make sense to me like how you can have something write you a website essentially again how the south park episode makes it where all the kids are using it to write their essays then the teacher ends up grading their paper you know it's just all this different shit um it's very very strange man but uh thanks as always for your time dude yes thank you yeah man likewise thanks for having me on yeah and you're you're like well what do i call it about dude you're one of those people that you, you get on and you can just talk about anything so don't don't ever don't ever worry about not having a topic because we. Can... <laughs> i'm not short on paranoia man <laughs> <laughs> nice well thanks thomas and uh we'll, we'll be in touch and i believe you'll be on uh the tavern this friday no. I'll see you then. All right. Later, bro. Later, buddy. Peace, guys. Yeah, another dope one, man. That's yeah. that's super dope. But um I love talking with him. He's he's up there with uh Luis. You know what I mean? Like he they just have all this fucking random knowledge that you get on a topic and then next thing you know, you're going down fucking rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. Yeah. But on that same topic, and it's great. That's what it's about, dude. Hey, do you want to pause really quick so we can try and get some logistical things figured out? Uh, I guess we can. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pause this. I'll just uh, mute my mic on the roadcaster and edit this. All right, we're back, guys. Sorry, that was a break that needed to be taken on my account. Didn't communicate with our friend clearly enough here. I'm getting a call from somebody not going to answer, though, because they should be calling you. Um, you know, and it's not Ron. I don't know who the fuck that is. Honestly, it's an unknown oh, number. Chinese sex worker. Maybe somebody I don't want to hear from today. <laughs> but yeah, man, let's uh let's see what's going on. We got a couple minutes be- before uh Gina calls in. All right, uh, I uh I have a couple clips. Um, yeah, let's share them. Go into this is a senator out of um I want to say North or South Carolina, and he's ex explaining yeah north carolina uh this thing with with the banks and and it's it's about 2 a.m and i just wanted to bring you up to speed on everything that's happened tonight because you're probably seeing a lot of headlines right now earlier tonight there was an emergency zoom call with several hundred members of congress it was convened by the treasury department and we were given about 15 minutes notice it was literally on regular zoom i was sent a link i clicked the link and most of congress was there that's not normal 
but neither is the situation. The purpose of the meeting was to announce extraordinary steps that will now be taken to secure our financial system. You're going to hear from the president today, along with leaders of both parties, but here's what's happening. Three days ago, we had the second largest bank failure in American history. It happened because there was a bank in California called Silicon Valley Bank. It lost a lot of money, causing a lot of its customers to get scared and try to withdraw their money, and it caused a run on the bank. So the federal government, through the FDIC, stepped in and closed the bank. Here's the problem. Typically, your deposits in a bank are only protected up to $250,000. But the vast majority of customers at this bank had deposits more than that because this bank specialized in startups and small businesses. And the uncertainty about what would happen to customers with more than $250,000 in deposits started to spread to other banks. A New York bank failed last night. Others have started flashing red. Basically, people with money at smaller banks were getting scared and transferring their money into bigger banks, and we were in the early stages of a domino effect. Which brings us back to the emergency Zoom call. All the depositors at the Silicon Valley Bank will be made whole. Same with the bank in New York. We're going to pay for that with the fund that banks already pay into, not with taxpayer money. And the people being protected are just the depositors. These are mainly businesses that otherwise would have to close and lay off thousands of people because they chose the wrong bank. We're not protecting the management or the people who own stock in the bank. Right now, every step being taken has one purpose, to make sure this domino effect ends now. We caught it early enough so that taxpayers won't have to pay. We can pass the bill on to the banks, as long as this panic stops here. There's going to be a huge political debate now about bank regulation and how much risk we're willing to let them take going forward. Good. Clearly, we have to make some changes, but today is about not sinking the boat that we are all in. You can be angry at all of this, so long as you know that your deposits at your bank are protected because the full weight of the federal government has decided they will be. You need to hear that. You need Who is to this fucking dude? And you need to share that message so that we can make sure this becomes a political debate and not a financial crisis. And for anyone who follows Jeff Jackson. Who is he? We need to look uh, him up right now representative out of north carolina fuck him this dude is fucking lying yeah fuck this tell, motherfucker tell, tell me you're not from the government and you're here to help without telling me you're from the government and you're here to help fucking piece of shit i don't i mean if you're sitting there this you said north carolina yep representative jeff jackson north carolina oh man what a piece of shit is he uh probably a republican right i don't know to be honest with you uh, exit your uh, your screen. I'll I'll share my screen. I'll do a little searching. Okay. Um. Cause yeah, man, this is I I get so skeptical when people are like, "Look me in the eyes. Your <laughs> deposits are safe." It's like, dude, fuck you. What's Jackson. his name again? Jack. Uh, Jeff Jackson. Jeff Jackson. Okay, Jeff Jackson. Uh. Okay, Jeff Jackson for Congress. Let's just look him up here. Yeah, man. Uh, I thought he was just like a normal dude. Uh, House of represent, excuse me, House of Representatives, political party, Democratic. Okay. Mm. Um. Yeah, so man. We are non-biased on this show. Just you know, I Democrat. No, I thought that he was. Uh, if he was a Republican, I'd be even more concerned because that would get a lot of like older people uh, on on board with what he's saying. The fact that he's a Democrat. He's I mean, there's a lot of old Democrats out there. It seems like a lot of Republicans are more middle aged these days, like yeah. our age. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, 
I don't consider myself middle-aged yet. You know, yeah. I'm still a young man, but I you know, see, I see that gray starting to form in that. Beard. Right. Right. I know. I shave my beard to try and get it out. I shave my beard thinking it would make me look younger. And then I just realized I just have a fat face. So I was like, okay, I was going to compliment you. You actually look like you've lost some weight. Well, thank you. No, I've been trying really hard. Uh, no, so I, I appreciate can see that. it in your face. Like I'm not saying that you were ever a fucking fat ass. But I was pretty fat. I can see it in your face. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, hey, you may get a dick pic later, buddy. Okay? Oh, nice. Slap me in the face and call me Sally. Yeah. So, you know, what? what's interesting here is that it is a Democrat. Uh, the narrative is clearly bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's talking very softly, very nicely, reassuring. This is why the man's a politician. You know what I mean? Um, great clip. Fun. Great clip that you found, by the way. Uh, not not talking any shit about that clip because that is incredible. But he was saying it's 2.30 in the morning. I'll tell you right now, probably not 2.30. It's probably 6 a.m. He's waking up from the day. He had to stress, it was a regular Zoom call. I clicked the link, and they I was there with the rest of Congress. That's, yeah. not, that's not right. That's not regular. That never happens. Like all these fucking people are up at 2 a.m. No fucking way, man. These people don't work at all. So, you know, I bet you when they do these like marathons in Congress where they're staying up late and shit, they're, they're literally just all sleeping together. I know that Pelosi actually uh, got some alcohol delivered on on one of them, uh, one of those overnight meetings. It's not even a joke. It's like a fact. So, yeah, there's a lot of that going on there. Yeah. Hey, I don't blame them. If I was fucking if I was bending the rest of the fucking country over and fucking them in the ass, I would have to drink considerably amounts more than I drink right now. Yeah, I drink a decent amount. So, you know, you got to be able to sleep at night when you're doing this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Phenomenal clip, dude. Really, really great. Do we have time to play another? No, I guess we don't. We got another caller coming in in just a couple minutes. But man, it's. It's strange what's going on here. Is it a scare tactic? Is it something to freak out people that pay attention to the news? It's shit like this that makes me want to pay more attention to the news. I was when I first started the show uh, three years ago. Now, I, you know, I really haven't been paying attention to the news because it's all fake bullshit. Mm-hmm. This, this would make sense. The shit is doing research for this show. Right. But I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to have CNN on in the background, Fox on in the background, whatever. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. People will be like, oh, CNN. No, it's just hear what they're saying. Hear what the narrative is. What are they trying to tell you? I released an episode today, uh, Monday, the 13th, talking about the deep state's ties to social or not social media, just media in general, both big media, uh, establishment media, fringe media, all aspects of media. The CIA, the deep state, even before that, the OSS, they had their fingers in the media and mm-hmm. they actually raided their most fucking, you know, invaluable assets as reporters. Walter Cronkite, fucking mm-hmm. Henry Kissinger worked with PBS or CBS. Sorry. Um, so, you know, they, they rate these people as high, high level assets because they can go anywhere in the world, ask intrusive questions. And hey, the only reason that we're asking the questions is for the news. We weren't asking it for intelligence purposes. Right. Right. So these people can go and ask questions and report what they can share on the news and then give the important information back to the government. This is a fascist dictatorship that we're living in right now, dude. Well, and and to your point, and just to clarify some some things for the listeners, if you listen to more right leaning um podcasts or, or or conservative podcasts 
if you don't think that they're not listening to CNN, MSNBC, all that left media, even Fox, I mean, you can throw them in there too. They are, because we have to know what the other side is, is fucking spitting out so we can either pivot and parry or fight and attack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to pivot and parry. I know. Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Hey, he won a ring with the Rams. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know who was <laughs> <laughs> Perry Mason. It he, he was an old TV show. He okay. was a detective. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he won a ring with the Rams. No, I, I saw that on American Dad when it's like Dick Vermeil. And it's Dick Vermeil that won a ring with the Rams. I don't know. It's kind of funny, but uh, <laughs> yeah, mean, he won a ring with the Rams. Yeah, dude. Um, before, uh, oh no, no, never mind. I was, I was I was thinking of the old Jets quarterback, but yeah, never mind. The Jets. Okay, so um, kind of scrolling through. Let me know when we get our next caller. So I'll shut mm-hmm. up here. Um. You know what? Steve Bannon coming out saying some truth. Steve Bannon's an interesting character, man. I need to get back into listening to his episode, even though it's total propaganda, uh, or his show, rather, The War Room. Uh, Steve Bannon is saying that Elon Musk is owned by Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. He is also owned by the Chinese Communist Party. He's banned in China, but this is the intricate web that the CCP and the New World Order and the World Economic Forum weave. This is a very, very interesting thing here. Well, Elon um, does have a, a, a factory over there. Yeah, and he was making all of the employees sleep on the floor, uh, not him directly, but he was allowing for that to happen. And he's supposedly this, uh, you know, hippie fucking, uh, you know, green energy fucking twink. I can't stand that motherfucker, man. He's such a yeah. piece of shit. The way that he's able to um, make all the right people hate him and all the wrong people like him is just interesting to me. Uh, the dude's a total fucking... I mean, he's literally retarded. It's like it's like giving the keys to the world to somebody with Down syndrome. It's what it yeah. is. I, I uh, literally. For, for Mr. Elon. Fuck your life. Bing bong. <laughs> he might be cunt of the week, actually. He could be. He could be. So, is that Conor McGregor? That kind of sounds like Conor McGregor. Who is that? <laughs> no. There's our next caller. Oh, boy. Conspiracy Underground, you're on with Ghost and Ryan. Well, hello, cunts. Well, hello. What's up? How are you doing? Good. <laughs> so I just thought I would call in today with a little bit of something old school, conspiracy-wise, and I was curious if you guys would know anything about this. So Six months to a year. Um. Okay, that's it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um. Did you guys ever watch or hear about the um, when you would watch Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon with uh, the Wizard of Oz? I've heard of it. I've never done it. Have you, Ryan? I have not done the the album playing and the movie watching, but I've heard it that it's like 100 percent legit. My dad even uh, kind of followed with that. So what are what are your thoughts with this? Yeah, well, I was thinking about it today. I don't really know why but um yeah well you know since i'm a kansas girl <laughs> and we got huh. the wizard of oz but i did do that i did do that actually in college and it is pretty trippy 
but what I was thinking back then, I wasn't thinking anything conspiracy related. You know, we were just probably stoned. <laughs> right. Hey, you but, know. Uh, but, you know, the, the more you learn about conspiracies, you know, there's a lot with, um, you know, Pink Floyd um, and then the Wizard of Oz, obviously. So I was just curious. I wonder what the connection was, you know, between those two. And I've not done any research on any of this. I just thought it's really curious, you know, why they're connected and both being really heavily laced with conspiracy. What do you all think that maybe this is, uh, what does it have to do with the other? Ah, wow. Um, this might be a, uh, a subject that might go into some of the episodes that you've been releasing, Ryan, with the CIA, because I mean, we're talking, you know, one of the acid tripping bands, Pink Floyd, uh, back in the day. And then you have this book that got turned into a movie. And then, you know, all the conspiracies that surround the making of that movie, what Julie Garland went through, the munchkins, you know, one died on set or whatever. And, and, and the whole meaning of the movie, you know, depending on who you talk to can be different, but then what's really weird and is, uh, is it uh, who's who's the guy that from the band it, Roger Walters has Roger, been? I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know any of the bands. out a lot lately against some of these vaccine mandates and, and, and what have you, and like really pushing back against governments, which is weird because they they never used to kind of they kind of always favored that in my eyes, uh, and then now they're pushing back. I I don't know. It's it, it's interesting and weird. All at the same time. Yeah, I think that they're yeah, so weird. what it is, I think, dude, honestly, is it's uh I don't know the intricacies of it. There are some people that are connected to both projects, the Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd, that are both like tied in with you know CIA assets and like the military intelligence and all this shit. So there's something so deep to it that it, I don't I it's like a whole like I mean, several hours of research that it would take to really get to the answer of that. It's wild, though. There's something absolutely to it. You see it referenced constantly. Um, the logo, you yeah. know, Pink Floyd's like big logo, that prism is is alone. You know, that's an intelligence operation right there, prism. So you you get so much with that. Yeah, but they, they, they say that like with Over the Rainbow, you know, like it's can't uncanny how the you're right, the prism, and then, you know, over the rainbow, and a lot of the music, the soundtrack, like, the words almost like, they, well, they do, they sync up with almost like what's going on in the scene, um, and even like MGM, you know, that's separate, but like, when you start this thing, you're supposed to, like, have your CD, and you push play, like, on the second or third roar of the MGM lion, like, it even goes before the actually movie starts, so... <laughs> kind of weird. I was watching that like back in 1997 or some shit. <laughs> and <laughs> it is very weird. And it does. You, you got to turn the movie down. You know, you don't listen to that and you just listen to the CD play. And it's really strange. There's one part when she's like walking on the, um, like on the fence or whatever. And they're singing like, you know, walk or on a balance, being on a balance beam. And even when the, it changes from um, black and white to color, it's like the music, the tempo and everything, it just matches up. It's really freaking bizarre. And but I guess Pink Floyd Pink Floyd has always denied the connection. 
or whatever, but it's just, it's interesting to me, what is it and why does it go together? And I didn't know if you guys had ever thought about that or even watched it. It's pretty cool. You should try it. Well, what you bring to my mind right off the bat is the greatest band ever tool. Metallica sucks. Um, Fuck that, dude. Metallica's great. (laughs) I mean, they're called tool, right? They're total tools. Yeah. You use a tool to get get good things. That's a good point. I I will say they were the first (laughs) band to do an entire album. It was the Lateralis album based off the Fibonacci sequence. So, and, and they're influenced by Pink Floyd, uh, Led Zeppelin, many others. And it makes me wonder, did they get that idea from linking up um, Pink Floyd with the Wizard of Oz to say, hey, let's take it a step further and use the Fibonacci sequence to actually write a whole entire album, like from beginning to end. You know what I mean? Because most people don't know that they, they did that with that album other than people that listen to Tool. And most people don't know that, that you know, people in our world know that, you know, you play this Pink Floyd song and or album and with Wizard of Oz. But there's a lot of people out there that don't know that. And I don't know. It, well, it's, but Ryan's, Brian, you're right, though. This is referenced a lot and have been for years. I mean, that was back in college in 1997. Right. And I still hear it referenced. So mm-hmm. I just, there's something significant to it. The fact that it's just not went away, that it's still referenced. And I just, I don't know. Well, they really did a good job with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think every time that you, that, that you call in for some reason, my side doesn't pick up yours. And so I, I'm not trying to interrupt you at all. I'm so sorry about that. But you're, you're okay. I don't, I never wear headphones, dude. <laughs> but no. So what it is though, um, with, with the, again, the prism from the rainbow side of, of Pink Floyd and then the somewhere over the rainbow, uh, from the Wizard of Oz, they did such a good job of marketing the rainbow, right? Like, the, and the rainbow wasn't really marketed, um, on a mainstream level until like the LGBTQ infinity sign, whatever the fuck there are today until they were like fully out there and the rainbow traditionally has been like this thing of understanding right so again you know you you get your rainbow with the chakra system which that's interesting that you bring up tool in the chakra system right there too it it all ties together in some weird way i think that all of these things tool uh because you're throwing them in there metallica i can't really include in this i'm not 100 percent sure even though i think that if we looked hard enough we might be able to find some rainbow symbolism I think when you see rainbows, when you see well, anything you with Metallica, it's going to be from a cover. Uh, I don't. Do they have any rainbows in their covers? No, a cover song. I'm just, I'm just fucking around. Oh, I'm just throwing um, shade. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not going to hate on Tool, but yeah, Metallica's best band of all time. No. Um, the thing is, though, anytime you see a rainbow, there is some kind of like underlying meaning to it, whether it is acceptance. Oh, pot of gold at the end and she was on the yellow brick road anytime you see that that rainbow there is some sort of subliminal messaging within that and the wizard of oz did a great job of marketing this movie that has so many other undertones to it julia actually did a great episode about the wizard of oz and the programming within that all the people connected to mk ultra and the cia and all this shit and she talked about it on my show too it's a weird weird thing um 
I'll have to go check that out. I don't think I've checked that one out. Um, but I will yeah, say I heard it. It was really good. That's what made me think today did, to call and, and ask is this, this part of it, you know. What's your take on when when they were laying in the poppy fields? Now and and when this was kind of filmed and not long after that, well that was filmed in what, the forties or fifties? The uh had to be the the fifties, right? Okay. And then the very yeah. next decade we have the psychedelic movement. I don't know. Right. Precursors, do they have, you know, they, they kind of foreshadow everything. So, you know, they're laying there, oh, we're... 1939. Going. Okay, 39. Sorry. Yeah, that was a long... Jeez. Well, and I thought originally it was all done in black and white. Like, there's color is such a big deal in The Wizard of Oz. You know, the ruby red shoes, you know, the rainbow and everything. But I'm... I could be wrong. I'm not... I'm just... Think I don't think it was originally in color. Well, it couldn't have been in color, but they, no. didn't they digitally remaster that at some point. They did. I no. think in the, I, I want to say in the eighties, maybe seventies or whatever, when we were kids, that's when we saw it go from black and white to color. And when it went to color, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I was a little kid, those monkeys that flew fucking scared the shit out of me. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were creepy. Everything in that movie is a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Every single thing. So, yeah. And so then, yeah. Then how do you tie Like, yeah. What's the significance of tying it to Pink Floyd and even MGM? That's a separate, you know, thing in itself too. But yeah, it's very bizarre. I remember watching it and I just thought, I wonder what it all has to do with each other. Maybe I'll, I'll actually uh, do a little bit of uh, gorilla research right here. Uh, but I think that we, we are going to wrap up shortly, but. Yes. Uh, Gina, we actually do have another call coming through right now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So thank you for calling in. and Will you all think about it? <laughs> we will. We will, for sure. Thank you. All righty. Thank awesome. you, Gina. No problem. See you guys. Bye. Right. Conspiracy Underground, you're on the air with uh, the left lip and right lip. Hmm. <laughs> nice what's going on hey i recognize that voice <laughs> so what's happening you guys want some news is it is this ron from south florida <laughs> well it's it's not ron DeSantis or ron De, <laughs> ron De, what does trump call him ron de sanctimonious yeah de sanctimonious yeah yeah no i'm i'm calling from uh Looks like uh, stormy New England right now. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, how you been, buddy? I mean, yeah, we got we got a lot of uh, a lot of newsworthy events going on out there, and I know that you kind of keep up to date with this stuff. And we spoke a little while back, kind of you know alluding to the idea that maybe we could you know collab a little bit on some news. And I figured I'd reach out to you today, dude. And I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming through and, and uh, giving us some info. So what do you got out there, man? Oh, well, you know, I mean, we've got a lot of things going on in the financial world. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that. Uh, we right. had Silicon Valley Bank is uh, basically, well, not basically was taken over by the FDIC. We have a signature bank out of New York that's basically defunct. Same thing. 
Uh, but I don't think it's going to work out as good for them as it is for Silicon Valley Bank because, uh, you know, the, the Fed has already stepped in. And even though they're not calling it a bailout, it's basically a bailout. They're, uh, guaranteed, well, they guaranteed over the course of the weekend. Now, this was a story I stayed on pretty heavy since Friday. And, uh, so, so they guaranteed everybody that they were going to have access to their deposits come Monday morning. So it appears that that's exactly uh, how it's going. We haven't heard any, any people having any problems with it. Now, I do know it's affected some, uh, some very big companies. As a matter of fact, it's actually affected some people that I personally know, uh, that had deposits in, uh, in Silicon Valley Bank. But from what I understand in my uh, discussion with them a few hours ago, that it seems like the, that they're going to be covered. So they're going to be okay. Uh, that being said, they are uh, kind of hustling to find another bank to move their assets to. Uh, because because with, uh, with SVB Bank, uh, about 95 or 97%, 97% of their deposits in the bank were not insured deposits, meaning they weren't going to be covered by the FDIC. Mm. So uh, I, I find that that is a very, very uh, obviously a hot button issue right now uh, because, you know, we've been hearing in this conspiracy world how the banks were going to be failing pretty soon, right? Like so, So everybody's been kind of on edge, kind of waiting to see who was going to be the first one to fall. Right. But what's interesting with the SVB, is that bank is kind of what they call a niche bank because they they loaned money to venture capitalists, they loaned money to startups. startups I'll give yeah. you a couple example. Give you a couple of examples like Roku TV's got I I I want to say about five hundred million in there. Uh, Airbnb. A lot of these startup companies that are everyday uh, household names are all tied into SVB Bank. So uh, I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen. I know uh, that a friend of mine works for a huge tech company, and uh, and they were saying that uh, they do third-party vending uh, for these other companies, these other tech companies, and uh, they were inundated with calls on Friday and this weekend saying, whatever you do, do not, do not send our payments or send our deposits to SVB Bank because they didn't want to lose their money. So it's been a very interesting weekend for sure. Uh, I'm sure you guys know that a lot of banking stocks have all on the downslide uh, in, in the last uh, since trading opened and actually before our trading in the Asian markets, a lot of these bank stocks were taking a major dive. But it's interesting that the stock market itself, Ron, is level. I mean, the Nasdaq right. ended up today. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so that is interesting because, it, and I think, you know, as much as everybody in, in our, you know, genre in our circle, like, oh, no, these banks are a bunch of scams. They're all going to take a hit. And then it's going to be like a, a, you know, a total run on the banks. It's going to be a domino effect. Right. I think people, I think people are smart enough to know now not to panic because if they panic, that's when you're going to cause the domino effect because you're going to have people all running to the bank, even your local banks. I mean, I use a local credit union mm. and, and I actually got an email from them today, you know, assuring 
reassuring everybody that everything is fine with that bank and it's not even, you know, part of that whole SVB, uh, uh, you know, uh, circle of banks or whatever. Right. I guess the word I was trying to look for, uh, because SVB is tied into a lot of the bigger banks, right? Yeah. So, uh, but, but, you know, I mean, I think people locally, like your local bank, your local credit union, you're going to be fine. Don't go down there. Don't all go in a big rush to try to get your money out because you wouldn't be able to do that anyway, regardless of whether or not the Silicon Valley bank deal was going down. Because yeah, the fractional be reserve lending and shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Ryan. So, so the banks do not have this cash on hand. They, they know how much money they need to operate for that day. And that's yep. what they have or say a two or three day period. You know, I mean, I've gone to, uh, I've gone to the bank, uh, for my dad on some big car sales because my father was old school. He wanted cash. Right. But, but I would go to the bank and I say, and I remember this, uh, this was the, uh, the one that stands out to me. We sold an antique car to a gentleman, a collector out of Texas that restores cars and then he rents them to production companies for movies and, you know, mm. music videos and stuff like that. It's right? not Gas Monkey Garage, is it? No, it's not Gas Monkey. This was, <laughs> this, well, I, I don't really know. I'm on the fence with that, with that Rollins guy. But yeah. anyways, hey, he's got a good, he's <laughs> entertaining. Right? Same. So, so he, he's very entertaining. I kind of like the count of cars a little bit better. But anyways, but this gentleman had sent me a bank check for $28,000 for this car. And my father's like, well, I don't take checks. You're going to have to go get me cash, you know, being a prick. So I'm like, okay. So I go to the bank and the bank's like, oh, yeah, no, the, the check is all good. We've we've called his bank. It's all legit. They said, but we need a couple of days to get you the money. And I and, and I kind of knew that's what was going to happen. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just call me when it's ready. And when it's ready... You know, they called me, I went down, picked it up, you know, yeah. it, was, it was simple, but, but, but everybody thinks like, oh, I got, uh, you know, five grand in the bank or I got, you know, some people don't even have a thousand dollars in the bank. I personally don't like to put money in the banks. Yeah. I just never did. My father was like that way. And I kind of inherited that from him because my grandparents during the great depression had lost all of their money that they had in a savings and loan. And when it was all said and done, I want to say they ended up with about 10 cents on a dollar. So they took a pretty good hit. My dad, my dad never forgot that. And he was like, you know what? I am not, I mean, I'll use banks for this, this, obviously you have to use them when you're in business, but I will not put any amount of money in the bank in a savings account. And he never did. Mm. But smart. The biggest thing is, I think the biggest thing, Ryan and ghost is that, do not panic. Don't run down to the bank and try to take your money out. Just no. Don't turn this into another toilet paper shortage. Well, hey, exactly. you know the amount of money I'd be pulling out of the bank wouldn't uh, put a dent in what's going on there. But I mean, that's kind of the case with everybody, right? Uh, if everyone were to do it at the same time, now it's funny, Ron. We just listened to a politician that was saying exactly the same thing <laughs> that you are, and it sounded so much worse when he was saying it because you know we know politicians are pieces of shit. But the way that you say it makes sense. It, you know, don't panic, don't freak out, don't uh, you know, don't don't add you know gas to the fire, so to speak. But what's interesting is, isn't this what the banks would tell you? Because we know that the banks are in cahoots with the government. We know that it's. I mean, we basically live in a very fascist country right now, where the media 
the corporations, the banks, all work on behalf of the government. All these big ones do, especially. Now, the credit unions, it's up for debate uh, where they sit on this whole thing. But it is interesting, the the calming effect that we're seeing from this versus, uh, you know, everyone telling us to panic so much. When this flu came out uh, back in 2020, everyone panic, everyone freak out, everyone, you know, like you, you're all going to die. Don't see your loved ones. This is the end of the world. Nothing happened then. They're telling us to stay calm right now. What does that say about, I mean, their credibility is what you do the opposite of what these people say. What does this say for our future here? Right. To your point, a lot of people who were, you know, had the fear in the beginning. And I mean, we were kind of all in the same boat in the first, say, 30 days. After that, we, we really started to, and this is right about when you and I had got hooked up, right? So, so after about the first 30 or 60 days, I think people were starting to realize that this is not doing anything close to what they said it was going to do, right? And then after they pushed all the vaccine mandates, of course, and then people are getting vaccinated. And then in another month or so, these people are all getting COVID when the unvaccinated people are absolutely fine. So I think right there, people, people are tired of fear. I think we, we, we're fed fear on a 24 seven news cycle, right? And everybody's like, okay. And even Buckley, we talked about this on the show last week on Wicked Planet. Mm. He said, you know what? They tell you that the world is burning down. It's utter chaos. And you look out your window and everything looks fine. You go out to have a drink. Everything is fine. So we know that it's fear mongering, right? So I think people woke up to that, right? Slowly, but they did wake up to that. And now they're like, you know what? Fuck this whole bank deal. I'm not going to worry about my bank. And, to, and to, one thing to remember about credit unions is that they're typically member owned. So as a depositor, you become a member. When you join a credit union, you get a member number. So essentially, you are part of the ownership of that credit union. Right. So, I mean, I mean, credit unions are way safer than banks are because they're a lot pickier about how and who they loan money out to. Now, when you talk about these big banks, I mean, we could go back to the crisis in 2008 right. when these people were loaning money out to people with 400 credit score. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, and loaning them way more money than they could ever pay back for a house that they could not afford because they were so so uh euphoric over the predatory lending they were being they were they were yes. using this as a as a slave tactic it was to make sure that these people that they loaned money to were indebted to them for the rest of their lives it was predatory yeah well they actually knew actually in a sense Ryan yes but but in reality no because they knew that these people could not afford to pay these loans back however they didn't give a shit because they were more interested in how much money they were going to make off their bonus for making the loan go through. Now you're, you're talking about, you're talking people that were making like stupid money, right. just, just making these, just making these loans go through and they didn't care, right? They didn't care whether or not these people could afford them. And I would have said probably 90% of the cases, they knew that the people couldn't afford them. I mean, these were non-verified income 
Uh, you know, you didn't have to prove you had a job. You didn't have to prove where your money came from. It's like loaning money to the drug cartel. It's almost like when the Teamsters would loan money to the mafia, right? I, I mean, I mean, it was just, it was a fucking free for all. And then, of course, that whole house of cards came down. I don't think that's what we're seeing this time around. I think what we're seeing is, a lot of a lot of what I've taken away now. I've spent quite a few hours in some Twitter spaces with some very very smart people over the course of the weekend, and and I'm talking people like Mark Cuban was in on this conversation, Grant Cardone, uh, so a, a few congressmen, and a lot of really uh, really smart money people and finance people were in on this call, and uh, and, and what they were saying is. Part of the problem is, is because the Fed keeps raising the interest rate. And what SVB Bank did was they took a lot of their deposits and they invested it in long-term treasury bonds. Yeah. Which take, take a while to mature. Well, the problem is the interest that they paid back was less than the current, the, the current, uh, percentage of inflation. So all the bonds were going backwards. So, so SVB Bank is losing money on a daily basis that they cannot recoup on these particular bonds, right? So, so therein lies the problem because they put too many eggs in one fucking basket, right? right? And, and it's just, it, it, it ended up biting them in the ass and, and the other thing that I discovered about SVB Bank, uh, and you guys are probably aware of this, like they had to know this was coming. They, you know that they use artificial intelligence to, to probably do their trades, to watch the markets, to see where it's going, to have a forecast for where it's going. And the CEO, the COO, the CFO, they all sold, uh, stocks. Uh, just before, like about a week and a half before this was announced. Now, there's a lot of people coming to their defense saying that, well, these stocks are automated trades, and that, and that could be true. However, it seems very suspect to a lot of people, including some, some investigators at the DOJ, because it just seems very coincidental. Now, we all know how coincidences work. Right. Yeah, a little too many lately, huh? Yeah, with all the different trade derailments, any type of industrial fire you can possibly imagine going on in Ohio, all the trade derailments in Ohio. Uh, and then we find out that BlackRock was the major owner of Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern's ones as trades have been derailing. Now we also know that in East Palestine, when they, when they emptied out the contents of those trades and then for whatever reason lit them on fire, that's what created the toxicity. And now you've got dioxins in the air. You've got dioxins in the water. Like that shit does not go away. You cannot get rid of dioxins. This so is a new 9-11 right here, Ron. Like this is what the, I mean, okay. the new 9-11 isn't going to be some major spectacle like it was back in 2001. It's going to be very covert. I mean, this is a serious I, thing. It's going to have ripple effects, and you see insider trading similar to the way that you see insider trading. Uh, you know, Blackwater, or yeah, yeah, uh, Blackwater was actually uh, perpetuating insider trading. There was people that were uh, 
you know, putting puts, you know, anticipating the price of United Airlines to go down and, you know, telling people in their newsletters to do the same thing, basically short United Airlines, short these companies that are going to be fucked over by 9-11. And you're seeing this right now, Norfolk Southern. I mean, the same thing that you're talking about right now happened with 9-11. This is a very, this is like the new age that we're in with the way that these psyops are going to be carried out. It's not going to be flashy like 9-11 was. It's going to be very subtle. And then, you know, this was fairly flashy, but nowhere on the level of 9-11. So we're going to see the effects of this years down the road on top of all these other things, these industrial fires and these these food crisis things that are all manifesting, plus this SV, uh, SVB thing going on. We are not going to pay through it uh, through tax dollars, which we were just talking about with another caller, actually. Um, we're going to pay through inflation. You know, the price of all your shit is going to be, I would not, I mean, I'm not even trying to exaggerate here, three times in three years. It's going to be three times higher than what it is today, three years from now, for everything, if all this shit just continues. And I'm sorry, Ryan, but I would say that that would be a conservative guess. That's what I was saying. I wasn't trying to be too hyper. I mean, realistically, I would say five times, seven times, ten times. But optimistically speaking, three times. So, so why I was talking about Norfolk Southern, Southern and, and, uh, BlackRock is that BlackRock is the major player with Norfolk Southern, right? Right. But, but BlackRock also owns Quest, Quest Diagnostics and Quest Diagnostics is the company you go to to get your blood work done before you get your annual physical or whatever. Hey, well, but you got to make sure to trust people- them though, you know? Okay, so the people from East Palestine were going to Quest to try to get tested for dioxins, and Quest told them, no, we cannot do the dioxin test on you. Well, this is, because this is getting a little conspiratorial, and then there's something about SVB that I want to get back to after, yeah, yeah. and how it, it, where it pertains to the Fed, right? But anyways, Quest Diagnostics is saying, we cannot give you the test of these dioxins. Well, because BlackRock owns Norfolk Southern, they're on the hook for the fucking dioxin poisoning. They also own Quest, Quest Diagnostics. So if Quest says, yes, you have dioxin, BlackRock is, is, is therefore implicating themselves. And you want to talk about a lawsuit. Now, when you compare this to 9-11, I would say 9-11 was more graphic and a bigger hitter, but this one here, the derailment in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, is going to have far more reaching effects, long-term health hazards, not to mention, what are they going to do with this land? Now, are they going to bring in the, okay, we need to evacuate you to a 15-minute city now? I mean, all all these things are potentially in play as far as that particular trade derailment is involved. Okay. And BlackRock is at the head of the fucking, the head of the, the spear. And they know that right now they're in a catch 22 mm. because they have to look like it has to look like they're doing something, but they cannot come out and say, yes, we poisoned you with dioxin because the company that we own that does dioxin testing through blood tests just proved it. So now we've implicated ourselves. 
And I don't know if the dollar amount would even be calculable for what the cost, the total cost, long-term cost of that one, just that one train derailment would be. So think about that. And then, and then compare it to 9-11 because this trade derailment in East Palestine is going to be way fucking huger long term than 9-11 is. Well, except for if you take it, take it, take into consideration, we we went to war for 20 plus years because of quote unquote 9-11. So maybe, yeah, that would be a, you know, a tough comparison to make. Now, right. well, and listen, all the first responders and and what they had to deal with with all the lingering health issues, and later down the road, ghost exactly. It's all uh, money and related, it man. Their, and how it affected their family, and that all these funds that were put aside to help these families, they basically got screwed out of like at least fifty or sixty percent of that, right? Yes. But mm-hmm. let's get back. To, let's get back to uh, SVB Bank for a little bit here. The let's do it. Like. The Fed, by stepping in, the Fed knows that every time they raise the interest rate, even if it's a quarter point or whatever, they're doing this. Now, I posted one, uh, posted this in one of my stories or one of my reels about how they know that, that they have to raise the interest rates at the Fed to cool the economy. And cooling the economy is the only thing that they say is going to stop inflation from fucking getting out of control. So we got to cool. When when I hear cool an economy, I'm thinking the economy is fucking raging. Like yeah, it's rad. It's like they should call it a rad economy. Like fucking John Holmes himself. He's he's just fucking just rock hard. It's going full beat. Uh, Our economy and 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 everything is almost. It's barely a heartbeat. Okay, so so exactly, Ghosts, what I was getting to. They want to cool an economy that I don't think it could be fucking cooled any more than it is. Right? <laughs> so, so by check out the Catch-22, the Fed just put themselves in by stepping in and taking care of this SVB bank situation. Now they can't raise the interest rates at the Fed. Right. I don't know if you're aware of that, but now they just put themselves in a fucking box. They cannot raise the interest rates. But so you know what they can do, though, is they can continue. Well, hold to- on, Ryan. Hold on. Ryan, hold on one sec. But is that going to make inflation even go further out of control? To get back to your point, Ryan, about things being three to five times more money. I mean, they just put themselves in the economy in this huge catch-22 that I think is going to play out, and then we're going to start seeing the real fucking catastrophic results of what has been going on with our economy. Joe Biden came on today to talk to the American people. I was surprised he actually could get a few sentences out. He refused to answer any questions, but he comes out and says... That we have added 12 million jobs in the last three years is fucking delusional. <laughs> people, people went back to work and they might have added jobs in the sense where now McDonald's has 
10 people working instead of fucking four. So those numbers are bullshit. He knows he's full of fucking shit. He knows his economy is right at the precipice of falling off the fucking cliff. And now this SVB bank thing comes in, the Fed steps in, and then in turn, by saving this bank, fucks the rest of the economy. It's going to be just my opinion. I am not a financial guy, but I'm pretty sharp on it. It's really going to be interesting to see what happens in not the next 30 days, but the next 30, 60, 90 days, getting into summer when the economy starts ramping back up we get out of the fucking snowmageddon that we've had up here in the Northeast. We have a Nor'easter coming in right now. We're gonna, they're telling us we're gonna get a foot to two feet of fucking snow. It is the middle of fucking March. Okay. <laughs> well, well, once, welcome to the East Coast, right? Right. Well, I've been here forever. So I mean, <laughs> we're used to this. We always know that March can be a snowy month as an old saying. March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. Well, that fucking lamb ain't anywhere in sight right now. But the one thing that is good is when it snows, it's good for the local economies. But when we get past that, when we start getting into April, May, now when they have to bring back quantitative easing, and you mark my words, they're probably going to go back to the press. They're going to start printing out all kinds of more money which is going to drive inflation even fucking higher because you know as well as I do, that's what drives inflation. And we already know that the Fed can't raise the interest rate, and that's going to drive inflation. It's going to be a double whammy. It's going to be a fucking mess, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I I mean, th- I think that you're 100% on to it. And one thing with the uh, creation of jobs that I think is very interesting. We actually, what happened right there? Oh, it's just my dog's barking. Sorry. Oh no, I heard a beeping. It wasn't. You know, I, dogs are friends of the show, Ron. You know yeah. that. Uh, no, I, I heard some beeping right now. But no, so um, with the with the job increase, and then we'll let you get going here. Um, we actually heard from from Thomas from Paranoid American that there is this phenomena going on where people that are good with coding are actually applying for multiple jobs and collecting paychecks from multiple jobs without lifting a finger. So at the end of the day, these computers are actually holding down remote jobs right now for just a couple of months. But yeah. that would give a highly positive um you know, a monthly report on jobs, right? So if you've got one person that's holding down four jobs multiplied by 16,000, you're having 16,000 people that are just sitting on their ass holding four times the amount of jobs there. I'm not good at math, but that's uh, several, you know, it's 100,000 jobs, right? Uh, No, how many? 16 times four. What do you got? You got, you're you're pretty close there. 80,000, we'll say. Um, So 80,000 jobs by, and no one's working any of those jobs. What is yeah. that? Sixty-four thousand. Uh, there you go, close. Off the, off the top of my head. And you're right uh, on, Ron. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you if you think about that's interesting, and Thomas is pretty sharp on this shit. Yeah. So if you had that is basically the same thing as saying, "Oh, look at all my followers," and twenty five percent of them are fucking bots. So a lot of these, a lot of these job numbers. Could be twenty five up to forty percent fucking fugazis because right. they're not even real people fucking working. 
And well, they could be fake, but they're always fake. Job numbers. They're always fake jobs. They massage these numbers every single time. But the fact is, they might not even be fake as far as the government goes. They might just be like, hey, they're the the fucking consumers and the workers are actually outsmarting the statistics makers at that point. And then one last point that I wanted to make was that the quantitative easing that's been in place since Obama took office is probably going to ramp up more realistically. I mean, this has been going since Obama was in office, from what I understand, and then it's just going to continue. Um, it's exactly, basically just exactly buying. What I just, exactly what I, I, I agree 100%, Ryan. That's what I just said. They're going to bring back quantitative easing. They're going to go back to the presses. They're going to be printing out all kinds of money. And the people like you, me, ghosts, we ain't gonna see any of that. Fuck no. But but we're getting but we're going to get fucked on the on the inflationary part of it, the inflationary yeah. side of what of what quantitative easing causes. And we all know too much money in the system causes inflation. It's a fucking and elementary school kids should know that, right? And what they need to do why is hamburgers take, cost so fucking much, or or fucking they, chicken. They should. They should take money out of the fucking system is what they should be doing. But they right. make it easy. They made it easy with these banks giving out these loans. So we're not in the same place we were in 2008, which actually 2008 happened, but it took three or four years to actually hit Main Street where it really started to fucking matter. Well, yeah, with it was the inflation, Bush's fault. with the cost. Yes. Well, started out as Bush's fault. All them fuckers are, it's all their fault anyways. (laughs) Exactly. It started out as Clinton's fault, realistically. I mean, a lot of people gave Clinton a lot of credit for building up the economy, but he set policies in place. The the rule of thumb is you really don't see the effects of the current president's uh, policies until like at least six years later, realistically, unless there is something like COVID and then you see it four years later. Um, We're seeing that right now on top of all these other things. Yeah, so six years from now, we ought to be sitting really fucking great, right? <laughs> Dude, it's going to be rough, Ron. I know you know that, man. You, I, I always appreciate your perspective because you've you've seen how these different, you know, uh, you know, economies can be throughout our country's, uh, you know, recent history, very recent history. Obviously, you've been around, and 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 I I really value your opinions and your insight Absolutely. on this stuff, man, very much so. So I'm glad that we got somebody like you in this game that is. Not like a, you know, just someone that's fucking like, you know, researching things. You actually live through some of these things. And that's actually very important, man. So I appreciate your opinion so much, dude. I have and- one question real quick, Ron. What was it like? Oh, okay, in the, what was it like uh, in the 1920s when, when, when the Great Depression <laughs> was going on? Well, you know, if my grandparents were alive, they could tell you. But I can. <laughs> I, but I, can I was asking you. you. <laughs> But but I can tell you that my dad told me a lot of stories about what they had to go through yes. when he was very young. Now, my dad was born in 1931, so that was right after the crash. And he remembers it was so bad that by the time he hit 16 years old, he talked to my uncle Mark, who was my dad's brother-in-law, who was the Army recruiter. They forged my dad's birth certificate. He went in the Army became a paratrooper when he was 16 years old. And they said, why do you want to go in the army? And he said, because I want to be able to have fucking food on a daily basis. Mm. Honest Mm. to God, true story. 
And uh, so it had to be bad. But I have been through a lot of booms and busts. I can remember the recession of 1980. Now you're talking Ronald Reagan was the president. Oh, and that's we, when they had that. We need had Reaganomics. Reaganomics okay, so and trickle-down economy. All right, so I was just going to bring that up, Ghost. So it was called <laughs> Reaganomics, trickle-down economy, which, again, we know does not work because the only thing that trickles, it trickles up to the people with the fucking money. And the people with the money, they got the bucket underneath the faucet, and they're not going to let a single drop escape because that little drop that escapes is what they fucking expect us to live on. So what we got to do is we got to all work together. We got to form parallel economies. We got to make a local economy work, and we got to keep things, keep things local in your circle. Get hooked up with people that you know can provide a service or have certain skills. And that's where we're going to have to go because I'm telling you right now, this SVB thing looks like it's going to be okay, looks like everything that everybody that's you know associated with them got their money in there is going to be okay. But let's look at who these people are. These are not regular people off the street that put, uh, you know, uh, you know, 100 grand in the bank. You're talking people with uh, Mark Cuban was in this Twitter space yesterday, and I want to say he's exposed to the, to the tune of about $90 million, which he said, which to me is really nothing. That's yeah, $100 like, to me. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is the people that are getting bailed out and getting taken care of on this SVB bank deal are the fucking rich assholes that caused the fucking problem in the first fucking place. Yeah. Now, SVB Bank deals a lot with cryptocurrency. You know, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm on the fence with that. It's interesting. It will be the way of the world eventually. I encourage everybody to learn as much about it as you can, but do not invest in it if you don't know what you're doing. Do not invest in it if you cannot afford to lose that fucking money. Because mm. it's a strong possibility that that's going to happen. And that's something else that they were talking about in this particular conversation, this call I was in on. Okay. And then they're also into DeFi, which is decentralized finance. So I'm not, I don't understand it 100%, but I'm slowly learning about it. So when you guys want me to come back on and talk more about it, I'm there. All you're going to do is text me, let me know. And Ron from New England will come on and do another news story with you. Can hey, you, I hey. like it. I like it. Uh, you, and and I gotta ask, what are you running for right now? Because it's you. You sound like you're running for something. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you, I'll move to New Hampshire and vote for you. I am not running for anything. I was <laughs> asked to run. I was asked by some townspeople to run for selectman this term, and I do not have time for that. My life is busy. <laughs> Show is busy. The show's been doing well. I want to thank all the listeners of The Wicked Planet. We have a lot of things in the irons in the fire. Buckley and I are working on a couple of projects. Uh, I, the shop is busy. We're, we're making some transitions there. So uh, Transitions, gonna, huh? Uh, any male to female? What about your Amish when, farm? My Amish farm. Yeah, you got you to make sure you plug your Amish farm because the government's going hard after the Amish farms right now. Okay, so you know what? That was the whole theory that Anonymous Sean had about why this train derailment was in East Palestine. East Palestine is a heavy Amish community. It's actually one of the biggest Amish communities outside of Pennsylvania. 
Because you know, well, I mean, ghosts, you're in Pennsylvania. You know that oh, East Palestine is, is fucking right down the street from the Pennsylvania border, right? Yeah, it's right across, so, the, so, across the border yeah. from uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and, so, and the so, headquarters for Amish in Pennsylvania is Lancaster and Lancaster County. Lanca- Lancaster County, correct. So, so what's interesting about that is that we know that the Amish are dead set against taking any type of vaccines at all, right? right? So think about that. Put that in your little, put that in your thought process and say, why did this derailment happen here? And why did they do a fucking movie about the same exact scenario in the same fucking town? using Amish people as extras a year ago, and the movie came out uh, on streaming platforms about three weeks before this actually happened. Again, yeah, I did mention that, Ron, and the, that, that movie, honestly, it's not really about that at all. It's, it, that's a side plot. I don't know if you've seen the movie there. It's, it's, a, it's well, an no, interesting no, movie. What's yeah, that? Ryan, I, I understand what you're saying, but just that scenario which caused them to have to be evacuated actually happened. Yes, the rest of the movie is very strange. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I like Adam Driver anyway. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, and, and, yeah, I watched that movie a couple of times, and when you get to the end of it, that movie had more MK Ultra fucking psyops going on or whatever. 100%, you want to call yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, a lot of MK Ultra shit going on uh, in that movie. And, uh, it, it's worth, it's worth a watch, like, for, for sure. sure. Can't remember the name of it to save my life. White if you, noise. if you put a gun to my head and White told noise. me to name the yeah. movie, White Noise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting one. That's kind of a side plot, that whole Ohio thing that went down, but nonetheless, very, very strange, more predictive programming for sure. Ron, I, dude, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, we don't talk enough. We, we, uh, we promised each other we'd talk once a month. We haven't been doing so. We need to get back in the groove of doing that, but we will, uh, we'll, that's, that's on both of us, buddy. You know, we gotta, we gotta make this relationship work. If we're gonna make, you know, we gotta make it work together. If you're gonna go tip to tip, you gotta make things work. Yeah. 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 You know, and I know I need to do that. You know, my life has been very fucking chaotic in the last year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, a lot of things going on in my personal life. All good. All good, but chaotic nonetheless. Okay. Uh, you guys know that I'm raising my niece. That's a right. full-time job. Shout uh, out Gianna. She's yeah. She's been doing good. She just made high honors again. Well, actually she was on honor roll last semester. This semester she's high honors. Nice. Yeah, she just got an art recognition award from the school, so that's very good. She's doing very well. Well, Uh, She must have a good guardian. Well, this this is for little G. (laughs) (laughs) The ham horn. She gets. uh, You know, she's really a cool kid. She is. You know, and uh, you know, her and I've always been close, uh, and that's good. And she's very close with my wife too. They have a really good. Uh, good relationship, you know, except for when my wife pulls up, pulls out the Hitler card, uh, which she's very good at. And, uh, uh Hitler card? Yeah, we call it the Hitler card. Like, oh, you know, get alone. Don't make her do chores every 25 seconds. You know, just let her be a kid, right? Let her. Now she likes to have you it. build things around the house. So yeah, she can't get little G in on that. That's, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Okay. So women are like right, that. So, I think every woman has a Hitler card in them. <laughs> so I already have my list of potential projects as soon as the snow is gone. So yeah, it's hey. going to be a busy summer. 
But, uh, but anyways, anytime you guys want me to come on uh, for, for the news, let me know. I can make some time. We'll put it together, and we can shoot the crap all for it looks like we're a little over half hour right now. But I want to thank you for inviting me to come on. <laughs> Definitely, and, uh, man. And I'll be looking, for, looking forward to listening to it. Now, this is uh, Patreon only? Or? No, no, this is full public. Uh, Tuesday oh, show. Yeah, if, if if you sign up for the Patreon, you don't get any of the ads, but it the whole show is free for the public. Uh, you just have to suffer through some ads from Ryan and I. Well, you get video oh, on the Patreon. That's the oh, difference yeah, there. Yes. And I do want to oh, say okay. people need to check out Wicked Planet if they have not. Buckley and Ron do some good work. And uh, it sounds, like they're, on. sounds yeah. like they're trying to. Don't step on my plugs, Ghost. Right. They're trying to, uh, you know, expand. It sounds like, you know what I mean. So, uh, shout out to to the Wicked Planet. You guys are awesome, and uh, thanks for hopping on, Ron. You hopped on twice as long as any other caller right here. Hey, you know me, Ryan. Once I get talking, I know we got to make sure that we save you to the end, man. You get going, and and you you cannot stop. So I love it, though. I appreciate this very much, uh, sincerely, very very much. Yes. Thank you for hopping on, Ron. You're you're a fucking yeah. OG in the game. So take care yeah. and uh, tell the family I said hi, even though I've never met them. You know, they just seem like great people because they're affiliated with you. And we'll talk soon, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Ron. Pleasure. Yeah, take care. Take yeah, care, buddy. There we go. Ron from New England. Yeah, man. Uh, we, there's no such thing as a short conversation with him. Similar to you, Ghost. I feel like if you guys oh. started talking one-on-one, you would just talk until the end of time. You guys would both be dead and continue talking. So why uh, do you say that? Because I bring up the arm. <laughs> like I yeah, know, and I you said I... sorry to me. Like I, like I, I'm trying to get off. I got nothing to do for like two hours. I love, I love talking with Ron, man. Yeah, we used to I, talk I, all the time, and now he thinks he's fucking big time, and he doesn't want to talk that often. Uh, yeah, I know his show's growing really well. I'm, he's I'm, big I'm time. I mean, he's he's up there with Joe Rogan. Uh, it, it, it's Ron and then Joe Rogan. Yeah, right now. yeah, Ron, Ron. But but no, he does a good yeah, show, I'm man. Sorry, he he does have a great show. I'm sorry, I do I do have that bad habit. I know I'm not the best texter. Uh, you you've pointed right. that out in the past. You're like you don't seem like you want to talk very much, but you get me on the phone or we get behind the microphone and, and sit here and talk. I could. I've I, never said that you don't seem like you want to talk much. I've never once said that. No, just texting. I don't think I've ever said that over text. Um, I don't think I've deleted a text. I'm going to have to go back. You deleted it? Okay, that makes sense. No, I I never have. So I'm going to have to go back for the last year and a half and look at all my texts and be like, see, motherfucker, you said I'm a bad texter. I don't want to talk. No, I'm a bad texter. I'm a bad DMer. I'm a bad messenger. I'm bad at everything. No, uh, yeah. So I can't be clear enough. Wicked Planet, the Wicked Planet is a great show. Um, Ron and Buckley, both good dudes. Check out their work because what they do over there is fun. Um, it's conversational. They manage to mesh like deep dives and um conversations very well. So it's a it's a very organic show. Um, I go based off research. You're an interview show. They do something different. It, it's a unique show, uh, genuinely. So, uh, yes. you know, not that ours aren't unique shows ourselves, but they, they do something different than mine and yours. So check them out. Um, anything else that we want to touch on before we get out of here? Yeah. Why don't you go fuck yourself, dickhead? Oh, the cunt. You gotta get your-
Got to get the cunt in of the week. We do have to get the cunt of the week in. I always forget about this. Um, should it be the Fed? Should it be? I mean, I'm going BlackRock. BlackRock, huh? Yeah. Hmm. I'm leaning towards the Fed, the Federal Reserve. Um, they're they're the ones that are really fucking us over at this point. BlackRock, yeah, you can blame them. They're allowed to exist because of the U.S. government. U.S. government, I think, trumps fucking BlackRock, right? Okay. Um, you got me there. But yeah, you know, we got to try and poke holes in our cunt of the weeks. Uh, you know, but dude, I don't understand how this is able to go on. This isn't these people at the top of society right now, they're not stupid. They're evil pieces of shit. And we need to stop saying what a fucking idiot Joe Biden is. He is an evil demon spawn piece of shit. He's not stupid. Get that word. Government and stupid should never be in the same sentence or incompetent or stupid or any of this stuff. The only thing, the only simile out there for government is evil. There's nothing else. These people are fucking you every day of the week, every minute of the week, and there's no stopping until we change something, man. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know when this is going to change. I just w- I spent most of the episode in our free time talking about how, you know, we'll hear crazy news. New York City will get nuked tomorrow, and you and I will come on here, and, and all the other podcasters will come on here, and we'll say, holy shit, dude, the government's fucking probably responsible, blah, 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 and then we'll move on to the next fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's not that it's not to say that you and I are evil. It's not that that we're bad people. We're just so used to the fucking bullshit at this point. We're yeah. we're used to fucking crazy. So we need to break the programming. And break the programming isn't the way that these fucking people that tell you to go out in nature and focus on yourself. That's not the way that you break the programming. That's what everyone's been doing. Everyone's been focusing on themselves, and everyone's been focusing on how to improve themselves. You can't just focus on improving yourself. You have to improve other people. I want, if people are listening at this point, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to try and end every single episode with this. This isn't something that you're going to hear from me usually, but I'm going to try and do this every single time we end an episode, at least of the Conspiracy Underground News team here. Go out and compliment three strangers. Don't say, don't go up to a hot girl and say, hey, nice tits. Go up and give a genuine compliment. Say, hey, I like those shoes. Something cool. Something like, don't be a fucking weirdo about it. Say, uh, what kind of car is that? That's cool. Something like that, right? Something that is organic seeming. Try to compliment three people a day. Try to lift three people up in a non-corny way. Go out there and do it from an authentic place. Because I think that that might get people in the habit of not thinking about themselves 24-7. People are, you know, the the. do you know, and I'm getting in a rant here because I've had two beers. Two IPAs. They're nine percent. You're fine. You had these before, huh? I I noticed it was a Voodoo Ranger. Yeah, they're delicious. So I think something you know the the biggest fear that people have. What do you think the biggest fear people have in the world is? Self esteem. Public speaking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that too. Yeah, it ties uh, right into it because they're they're not afraid of death. They're afraid of public speaking because they're afraid of what people are going to think of them. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of what people think of them, how they're viewed, how they're looked at. It, it just, I gotta admit, I, I I used to be that way. You know what I mean? I don't know if I could fully get up on a stage or go to, say, a a, a Bigfoot conference and go up there and speak. 
Like Tony well, Merkel? Eh, fuck him. Uh, I know so, you don't like Tony Merkel, but you know, but, he's a decent guy. It seems maybe I he's, uh, um, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know if I could do that, but I think I, I think if the, uh, I think if I tapped into my, my inner ghost, I, pr- I probably could. And just, View it as if, hey, this is just another podcast. I'm up here speaking shit, and people apparently like what I have to say. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I get why people don't like speaking in public. You get that right. fucking fear. Like, you want to piss your pants. But it's not because you're afraid of what people think of you. It's be, it's it's the you. It's, I'm going to feel embarrassed. They're going to make fun of me, Right. Get that that whole idea of yourself out of this. This is what the spiritual push is. The new age is all about you. You're a god, right? You're you create your own universe. You manifest your own destiny. All this bullshit. You do that, to an extent, but you need a higher power. No, okay. no, you don't need that at all. You need to you need to focus on other people. I think that's very important. And I'm guilty of not doing that. And I think a lot of people are guilty of not doing that. Every single person on this earth, even the people that go out there and film themselves giving money to homeless people, they're doing that same thing. Because would they give money to the homeless people if they weren't filming themselves? Probably not. No. So my point is go out there, try and compliment three strangers, something small. It could just be or, you know, hold the door open for people. Do three nice things that do not that are unconditional. Three nice things. You're not doing this expecting anything back. Just do three nice things every single day. If we did that, that's like a small step in the right direction. And I never say shit like this, but it just makes sense. You don't. Uh, we're going in the wrong direction as a society because we're focused on ourselves. We are. And you know who you are out there. Uh, we talked uh, the other night. Every Jesus. now and again. Huh? No. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I talked to God. I, I'm still not sure. Anyway. That's a Jesus is an OG. He's a good skateboarder too. I guess. Yes, I saw that video. That's epic, dude. I think that (laughs) fucking video is so sick. But yeah, go ahead. But uh, every now and again, I don't know what it is with me. It could be the empath in me. I see something in somebody that's crying. They don't know they're, I don't want to necessarily say they're crying out for help, but they need help or, or they just need support. They just need a fucking friend. And I saw that and you know who you are. Love you guy, brother, whatever. And I stuck by him and he changed his life around and he's in a better place right now. And I'm saying, and a lot, huh? okay, whatever. But, and, uh, no, just kidding. You got, it, it falls into that do nice things for, for strangers because he was a stranger before I met him. And even when I met him, he was a stranger. And then now we're, we talk frequently and it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not typically my MO. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a fuck, fuck everybody. I don't, you know, but sometimes you see that in people and you just need to step in and give somebody a hug. Right. And I would say if you need a friend, go out and make a friend. It's not yeah, that hard. Absolutely. Go out and make a friend. Um, not not throwing shade at the dude that you're talking about or whoever it was, but it's not that hard to make a friend. There's a lot of people out there that need friends and there's nothing wrong 
which God is fucking damn, just trying to be nice when to I people. I used to fanboy over you, and now look at us. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm in the fucking face with your dick. I should never be fanboyed <laughs> over, to be honest. But this is a fun one, man. We had a lot of conversation here. We uh, talked for two and a half hours, basically. We need a wrap. So, so um, let's wrap it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Hopefully not. No, okay. no, I don't have anything. So uh, guys, girls, ladies, men, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Conspiracy Underground. We are the Conspiracy Underground news team, and we will see you next Tuesday. Why don't you go fuck yourself, dickhead? You are a cunt, Gonna get you back, you fucking son of a bitch.